Today's special, super fun live stream is going to cover the investor meeting that Tesla's going to be having here in about 30 minutes. We're going to do a bunch of uh, discussion pre. We're going to view the entire meeting together. And then after the meeting's over, we're going to sit down and recap what we saw. But most importantly, most importantly, there is a link that's tagged at the top of the comments section. It's pinned at the top. And you're, uh, if you can, if you have access to do so, please go in, mark the predictions that you think are going to come true, and then add your own if it's not on the list. And we're going to track these as the, as the uh, event goes on. And at the end, we're going to see which ones came true, which ones didn't. And then if you win, if you have the most callouts, you get nothing. Aren't you excited for this? You get nothing except a shout out. And, and thanks, of course. So anyway, today's community forum. We got Mike, we got Hans, we got Ishan. These uh, are uh, community members that have joined our Patreon and our YouTube Live. Uh, and uh, this is one of the perks that we get to do. We get to hang out on these community forums and we get to uh, talk together and uh, throw out some ideas. Of course, in the comments section, you're also part of the family. So please drop your, uh, your thoughts, your comments. I'll be watching the comments the whole time. And then at the same time, let us know where you're from. So in the comments section, where are you from? What country are you from? We have a global audience here today. Usually we have people from all over the world. I don't think we have anybody from Antarctica yet, but we had somebody from Mars. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, very good. So uh, Mike, real quick, do you want to just uh, perhaps just, uh, do you have the the graph up real quick just to maybe flash it for, for a split second and then uh, we can get yeah. into some of the say questions? How does that sound? Yeah, sure. I hope it doesn't influence people's, um, <laughs> their survey um, answers, but yeah. yeah. Um, let me share my screen. Do you have a? Do you have the ability to do so? If not, let me know. I can share it on my end. That should be good. Okay. Sweet. And thank you all for uh, for joining us today. Of course. Here we go. Okay. So this is what it's looking like so far. Yep. There are tw there are thirty four responses. Wow! It just jumped up like six. Uh, there's another response. Anyway, we have all this data, and we have a way to score. Um, a way to score everyone's um, responses with like a. Yeah, so we have like a leaderboard. Anyway, yep, awesome. No, don't look at it too much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, stop looking at this. But we're we're tracking this as the as the shareholder meeting goes on, and so you have about twenty seven minutes to enter your your uh, your predictions, and and of course this is just for fun. Like this is it, it's it's always funny to see how um, how all of us think something an event's gonna go. And then at the end of it, we kind of use this data set. I'm thinking we use this data set to see if we can either temper our expectations or maybe we're not bullish enough about the stuff that's going to happen, right? Uh, so this is going to be a fun little exercise. But uh, up through the up up in, up until the meeting goes live, what we'll do is we'll review some of the say questions. And uh, let me see. Let me go ahead and uh, actually end this guy right here. Perfect. We'll uh, review some of the say questions that Tesla is slated to answer. And we're just going to talk about them a little bit. And then, of course, we'll make this into an open panel. Mike, Hans, or Ishan, feel free to uh, sort of uh, give your two cents. But we'll start with the one that is going to be most likely asked because it has the most votes. Uh, how does Tesla intend to utilize cash in the coming few years? Will Tesla increase CapEx, share buybacks, dividends, or acquisitions? Anybody have any thoughts on this? And, of course, in the comment section, definitely drop your thoughts as well. But anybody have any off-the-top uh, thoughts? I have, I have a few, but I'm curious to see what you all think. I think Tesla's favorite thing to do is use their cash towards advancing the transition to sustainable energy, which usually involves investing it in some kind of project. Um, and then also they want to have 
cash on hand, of course, in case in case something goes wrong. The the worst thing that could happen is for something to go terribly wrong with the economy, and then the Tesla, you know, runs out of cash, and then they can't finance because they're maybe the stock price is really low, and then they disappear from the earth, you know. So, I think those are their main concerns. Okay. Yeah. Andre, I think, uh, go ahead, Hans. Go for it. Yeah, I was asking what you thought. Right. So. Uh, I think they're going to talk about uh, CapEx for sure, but will not be divulging a lot of details. I think they're not going to talk about any share buybacks. I don't think uh, they're going to do any at this point. Uh, I agree with Mike that um, given the world uh, situation today, uh, having cash at hand is important, especially uh, after Madam Pelosi's uh, visit to Taiwan and everything that's happened after that. Um, there might be, uh, yeah, so uh, given a large chunk of, uh, you know, Tesla, Tesla's ops in China, there might be, I would say, a few surprises in the next uh, quarter or two. So having some cash at hand helps. Uh, I don't think there are any dividends and they're not gonna obviously announce acquisitions before they're done, so. Mm -hmm. I'd say yeah, what do you think? Yeah. That's pretty much exactly Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly how I feel about the situation. We're going to get a lot of yeah, we're not really going to talk too much about what our plans are, but we're going to accumulate cash and deploy it as we see fit based on needs of the business at the time. Like yeah, they're just not going to be super transparent about this. Um which is in keeping with the way that they've answered these types of questions in the past. Yeah, I think the interesting angle with this question, and, and I agree with every, what everybody's saying, there's also uh, somebody, Julio, in the chat, such a such a bad question in the previous calls, Elon said that they would, they need to start their already announced products and are they, and how they're going to, and then they think about the money surplus. I think the really interesting dynamic we have going on here is with the potential recession not recession that we're in and we're going to get into i have no idea but th there seems to be a trend towards um a an economy that's kind of grinding to a halt in a way and i'm curious to see how much a uh, a huge cash reserve for tesla is going to open up doors for them to maybe invest in things we're not thinking about acquisitions mm -hmm. things like that because i think i think elon I mean, last year, Elon seemed to have predicted the recession or the not recession this year, almost mm -hmm. to like the month, you know, the way he called it out. So I'm assuming they kind of understand uh, what the trend is going towards from a global economic perspective. And hoarding cash in those situations usually is a great call because then you have all the leverage to make moves in a place where everything's cheaper than it should be. Right. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Um but yeah, we, we could have probably asked a better question though, uh, as an investing community. Uh, second question. Point, yeah, go ahead. I'd love to come back and just pin this for later, but I'd love to hear Ishan's um, kind of perspective on all the stuff with Pelosi's visit to Thailand, since you know it's a little bit closer to home for you than it is for us. Um, and yeah, no, uh, I sure think this not. is really gonna impact a lot of stuff in a, for a lot of sectors, so. Yeah, so uh, really high level, uh, how I see things happening is uh, after that visit, uh, China's really amped up military activities uh, across all of its uh, borders, you know, uh, with Japan, 
uh, around Taiwan, uh, as well as uh, Southeast Asia and in India, uh, or at least the borders around India. There have been, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the uh, PLAAF uh, flyovers uh, just near no-fly zones. There have been a lot of uh, precision missile tests, etc. And I just have a feeling that it's probably not going to go into full-blown war for Taiwan, but the entire situation is going to, you know, what happened back in the day, uh, it's going to, China is going to take so, some action against the U.S. in economic terms, and then U.S. is mm-hmm. going to retaliate, and uh, China will retaliate further, and you know what happened with Trump, right? I yeah. do see a situation like that uh, sort of evolving, but who knows, you know, I mean, there might just be war. Who who would have thought that Putin would actually invade uh, Ukraine? But it mm-hmm. it happened. So yeah, you know, there's always yep. that uh, overhead. Yeah. That's that's some interesting insight. Uh, for those that are aware, Ishan is is uh, lives in India and uh, he's he's been joining us. That's why that that question was so uh, so uh, interesting to ask because obviously he's much closer to that craziness that's going on there with uh, Taiwan potentially. So uh, thank you, Ishan. That's actually super insightful. Um, hopefully, it doesn't escalate. Uh, how many factors are necessary to achieve long term target of twenty million vehicles per year? I correct me if I'm wrong, but I recall Elon being asked this at Giga Berlin launch. And he answers somewhere along the lines of either 10 more gigafactories or 10 total gigafactories, so which puts it between 10 and 15. So it seems like we already got an answer to the question. By the way, shout out to everybody who just crossed a mm-hmm. thousand viewers uh, for the first time ever on the channel. Mwah! I love you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hit the like button Press if you can. If not, that's okay. <laughs> yep. Hopefully none of you yeah. are from Bangladesh. <laughs> so if you don't um, know yeah. thumbs up in bangladesh is basically giving someone the middle finger yeah yeah same thing in iran so i'm, I'm persian and you don't want to be throwing that thumbs up so yeah. thumbs up everybody <laughs> <laughs> sorry if it offends you uh yeah so i don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this one but it seems like it seems like we already got an answer to this any any additional thoughts yeah one why is this upvoted I don't know. <laughs> it seems so trivial. It's like it's like something you'd see in a trivia question. Like, how many factories does Tesla yeah. have? Uh, Twelve. I think it's like okay. The the insight that I actually get from here is those who've been following Tesla for long actually know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this just tells me potentially how many people who probably are not such long time uh, Tesla followers or casual followers are in say technologies right now. Which I think is a huge positive. Well, and the fact it's that a, they control a large number of shares. And so this, yes. yeah, it's like they're potentially newer institutional investors that are very worried about like, can you really execute on your growth goals? And they don't have confidence. And so they need reassurance from management that yes, Elon can do some, like if we can land rockets, we can do simple things. Yeah. We can build more of the things that we already know how to build. Yeah, I think the, the better question is like, um, what what kind of what kind of cool juicy details do we have about the factories that make them more efficient? You know, like more space efficient or more mm-hmm. cost efficient or more yeah. output. You know, stuff like that is more interesting. Yeah, I would yeah. love to hear them expand on that. Yeah. Yeah. 
the cost curve. I think there was a there was a slide on the Q2 earnings where they showed the the cost to um, the cost to build the the next models. I think Model Y Giga Texas or Berlin had the lowest cost per unit produced or something, yes. and it was like a third of the original Model S or something. So I'm assuming like, okay, so what is your target? Like, how are you going to get to a tenth? You know, like, let's think about the cost curve and how that's going to come down. I agree. And that would have been an interesting question. I don't know how many actually saw uh, when Sandy went to Giga Texas. Uh, there was a video after that where he actually talked about how the entire factory was designed as if it was a chip, a, chip. a semiconductor, right? Yes. And that something comes, uh, you know, a part of the body comes from the top, it gets dropped down to another part, part of the body coming from the bottom, clamp mm -hmm. shut, car made, right? It's yeah. just so enlightening. You know? Yeah, so I mean, I actually, I don't have any worry that they can build the factories that they need to build, but I, I am interested to know how many factories are necessary because, you know, I think people are expecting a whole bunch of new announcements and they're waiting and they're saying, you know, if, if, Elon doesn't announce some more factories that they're not going to be able to get the to the the goal by 2030 or thereabouts. But you know, based on what we're seeing in Shanghai, and then if Berlin and Austin are fully ramped, like you know, Austin and Berlin are the next iteration after Shanghai. What's to say they can't both do two million a piece at first? like with just the single building that they have in the new three-dimensional technology and right. the space efficiency. Um, and so if you've got two factories that can produce 2 million each, and then you go ahead and say, Hey, we've got plenty of land here to where we could expand operations. Like you may not have to have, but seven or eight total factories in order to get their total. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it would be nice to know what they're thinking on that front. Um, but I think that they have indicated based on the way they've talked about Terra factories more that they'd rather concentrate and do fewer factories with larger output out of each one over time. Yeah. And what's interesting there, so that signal there is that uh, maximizing the unit production out of one facility sounds like it's going to be more economical than trying to reduce logistical costs of, um, or the, it's it's cheaper than trying to reduce logistical costs if you're trying mm -hmm. to be much more strategic about having multiple factories. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, I almost died. What the hell? <coughs> Choked on my own spit. Um, it's, uh, which is super counterintuitive to the Ford strategy. And so the Ford strategy, mm -hmm. if you guys watched the excellent interview that Sandy Monroe and, and the Ford team had, mm -hmm. Um, and I, props to Ford and that team. I think they they came across sounding sounding really well. And they seem to be doing the right things as well. But they said they had sixty factories, sixty factories, and they assembly produced assembly plants. Assembly plants, yeah. Between between four to six, between four to six million, they utilize sixty unique uh, places to put stuff together mm -hmm. to get four to six million units. Tesla is going to be able to do. Uh, Tesla has a capacity for half of that already with four without ramping them. So yeah. that in itself is a very it's it's a very interesting way of thinking about like it almost makes this question sort of like irrelevant because then the answer is it's going to be way less than anybody else. So why is that even important, right? But of course, you will still need visibility into how the company's planning uh, to ramp, so 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, another thing, yeah. if you think about it, just by uh, the factory footprint, right, uh, 2D as well as 3D, Shanghai is a lot smaller than Berlin or Texas, like, you know, uh, many times smaller. Texas, I think, is, what, around seven, eight times uh, as big. Berlin is probably four times as big. Shanghai yeah. is at a million, right? What is yeah. to stop us from thinking that potentially Berlin and Texas, I mean, two million is a sandbag number there. I'd say right. Berlin could probably do three to four. Texas could probably do five to six easy. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, pretty- what what happens is that, you know, the central location becomes a logistic uh, bottleneck that, you know, if you make six million cars a year in one location, how do you, you know, send it all out? Right. Mm-hmm. Efficiently or cheaply. That's that's the I think bigger thing to look at. But yeah, I think I think that two million number is also a bit sandbag. Yeah. Uh real quick, just a reminder, if you're joining the stream, uh 1400 viewers, thank you all so much. We're humbled by your presence. Thank you. Mwah. Love you guys. If you haven't yet, we have a link uh, ca- uh pinned at the top of the live comment section thing. Uh, where you can go in and just for fun, we're not going to track your social security number or your height or nothing like that, your blood type. It's just literally a Google form, but we're doing something fun where we're going in, we're tracking to see what you think the predictions, what your predictions are that you think are going to come true. We have a list of them. And if you think something else is going to happen that's not on the list, you can also enter your own. And then uh, Mike on the stream here is going to track that as the meeting goes on. And we're going to review all those predictions at the end of the live stream, as well as well as a... Um, a recap of what went on. I'll be taking notes through the stream as well. So we'll use that to really ensure that um, that uh, that's there. And then Mike uh, is pointing. Yep, I got you, brother. And then here's here's the entry so far. So we've had actually quite a few people enter stuff already. So thank you all so much for doing that. Um, but this is what it's looking like so far. Uh, very uh, There's uh, very few people who think that the stock split is going to be approved. So uh, which <laughs> I hope I hope it does get approved. Well, no, uh, it says ninety-seven uh, percent. Well, it, it's going to approve. Yeah. Right. So then yeah. that's two point eight percent that think it won't. Oh, that don't. Which oh, is sorry. Uh, which <laughs> yeah. is interesting. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. Um, so yeah, make sure you go in there and vote. It's gonna, it's pinned at the top of the comment section. Please make sure you do that. Uh, Nicholas, thank you so much for the uh, thirty. Um, oh my goodness, what currency is that? Sek? The Singapore? I'm not really sure, but. Uh, Nicholas, thank you so much. Very kind. Um, but yeah, so make sure oh, you go in there. Swedish and uh, Krona. Oh, it's Krona. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Really appreciate you, man. Thank you. I love all I this know, data we're races. getting. It's like it's like seeing I like know. actual prediction crowdsourcing. It's great. Yeah. It's and, and again, it's like I think the whole concept of like trying Elon dances. Yeah. <laughs> I, <love laughs> I just saw that one. Oh man. <laughs> That one's that one better be a hundred percent. He's gonna do like a Can line I dance with this that? cowboy hat. <laughs> what Elon? Yeah, you do whatever you want, man. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Um, all right, let's do another uh, a couple questions here before we um, before we switch over to the live stream. I do have my uh, looks like they're playing some stock footage right now. It is slated to start at four thirty. I highly doubt they're gonna start early, but if they do for some reason, if somebody's got a uh, got uh, the window up on maybe another tab, do let me know. But uh, I'll be checking this every minute or so to make sure. But I doubt they'll start early. I doubt they'll start on time, to be honest. Um, yeah. When when the cyber truck pricing is released, 
Will all who ordered before it was taken down be grandfathered in or have to reconfigure? When will pricing be released? This is actually an interesting question. I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact is really going to have to financials, but it is an interesting question from a, like a customer relation perspective. Uh, do you all have any predictions on how Tesla is going to handle this? Tesla's been through something like this before with the original Roadster. And Elon's talked about it. Right? So uh, they did not increase prices on the original Roadster back then. But what they did was all the extras, the bells and the whistles, they increased the prices on that. So I think that is a bit of what's going to happen. I mean, of course, uh, you know, raw material input costs, etc., has gone up and has been go going up. And that's where Elon has also uh, said multiple times, you know, uh, I think over the past year, that making a great pickup truck isn't that hard, making it act, uh, you know, on a budget is. And that's what he's trying to do because uh, Tesla has already promised a particular price. And, you know, I think that for the most part, uh, people will be grandfathered in. But then we're talking about what a few million, like one and a half, two million maybe reservations. So it's like a huge number, right? Yeah. So of course, uh, maybe uh, I don't think they're gonna delete a lot of features. Maybe put in a few lesser batteries. If, even if it's not, you know, five hundred miles, it'll probably be four fifty. Um, perhaps uh, you know they'll not put in a second screen in there, etc. They won't put in, uh, you know, the super high res uh, uh, capable chip in there, etc. But also, I think they will release a version which is much higher price that will have all of these bells and whistles and give people the choice to just upgrade. So, you know, those who were about to pay $50,000 can now pay 70, 75 for like a Cybertruck version, which is just real crazy maybe a quad motor setup with uh you know god knows what so i think that's the route that they will take but yeah that's uh, i don't think they're gonna absolutely say no to delivering cyber trucks uh at the original price point they so, might delay them though. i'm just gonna read real quick the on the cyber truck pre-order sheet for one of my reservations there's a section that says pre-order price, taxes, and official fees. The pre-order price of the vehicle will be confirmed in your vehicle configuration and final price sheet. As you may have only configured part of your vehicle, any pre-order price provided to you in advance of the final price sheet is only being offered to you as an estimate and is subject to change. Any pre-order price listed in the vehicle configuration will not include taxes and official government fees, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I mean, the they kind of left their self an out in the, the pre-order agreement that it's changeable. And I definitely expect, personally, at least some increase. Um, I don't know if they'll bring it all the way up to full full price or not and you know they're they're doing all new configurations anyways so yeah yeah that's that's my take personally I, i'm expecting yeah 
higher prices. I think that's gonna be that's gonna be like the lever they'll pull. So we'll we kind of reconfigured the car completely, like either by accident or on purpose. But that's gonna give them the ability to say, well, what we showed two three years ago, this thing is actually much much bigger, and they'll use or better or whatever, and they'll use that opportunity to say this is a new price because of the new features that we've mm -hmm. put in. But they'll try to bake in all the different supply chain issues and sort of the inflation that we've been occurring uh, for the last uh, year or so. So, but yeah, that Real is quite such an one interesting second, Sorry, I just want to give it a shout out. Bahadir, thank you so much for the 19 euro super chat. Super kind, man. Thank you so much. Um, sorry, Hans, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's why it's an interesting question to see because, I yes. mean, it really, they could handle it however they decide to. And um, for sure, it, it is very, I know there's a lot of people who have reservations. And so it is something that people want to know how they're going to yeah. proceed. And especially with the amount of demand and backlog they have with the or mm -hmm. rumor demand, like it would be silly for them not to update the price because that's actually going to allow them to have enough production or try to get the demand to be a little bit closer to supply, but it's still going to be way over. So they have every incentive to try and reduce that yeah. backlog to try and get the trucks out to customers. You know. Let me ask a follow-up. Uh, do you think they're going to pull a Rivian? What did Rivian do? They increased uh, the price for reservation holders by, I think, $20,000. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, pay and such a backlash back. to yeah. in a day. In a day, I think. <clears throat> Are they going to pull a Rivian? Maybe um, it's a poll. Farzad, yes or no? Uh... I, I mean, I, I think if it's a $20,000 increase, I, I mean, I, I in my opinion, like Tesla can get away with that because the feature set that they'll show in my, Tesla has always shown a greater feature set with their actual release candidate versus the, uh, the whatever they prototype they showed when they unveiled the product. So I think the $20,000 is going to be semi-warranted. So to me, it's like Tesla doesn't have, like Tesla can jack it up 50,000 and they'll still be sold out for two years. You know, like it's like, um, so I think, yes, they will. They're, they will. Yeah. So I don't, why not. Know, I don't like know that they'll bring it back. They won't bring it back. So is that what you're saying? Hishan, will they bring it back? Is that your question? No, I, my question originally was, will they jack it up to something like $20,000 or yeah. will they leave uh, people with an out that maybe you'll get one later, but you'll get it at the price promised? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think they completely reconfigure all the pricing. To be completely yeah, honest, yeah. maybe yeah. instead of pulling like one Ford F one fifty, you can pull two or something. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me um, let me go ahead and set this up so that I can actually uh, go straight into it. So let me remove this, and then I'm going to. There might be echo for a hot minute until I fix it. Give me one second. Let's see if I remember how to use my computer. Okay, is there echo? Echo, echo, no. echo. Thank God. I know how to use my computer. How about now? Is there echo? Echo? Oh, no. I don't think so. Yes. I know technology. Okay. <laughs> so what's going to happen here is that once this thing goes live uh, for the panel, so Mike, Hans, and Ishan, we'll, we'll mute. Uh, we'll all mute once this thing goes live, and then I'll unmute the video. And then everybody in the comments section, do confirm for me that you can hear it and see it perfectly on your end. We got the video feed, but I'll make sure that you also get the audio. Okay. So do make sure you, uh, you confirm that for me. Um, Sorry, and I didn't mean to uh, to sort of uh, hijack the Cybertruck conversation, but Ishan, I think you were saying you were saying something. No, I think uh, Hans was. we yeah we understand, but yeah, Hans, go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't have anything. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making shit up let's now. I like, <laughs> I like, let's, let's move on now. I like that video of, of them dropping in this modular, fully assembled piece of all the four superchargers. Just boop. There's a, a super chat here from uh, Pano Mano, uh, $10 Canadian. Thank you very much, man. Talk a bit about Indonesia plus VE and minus VE. I'm sorry. Can, can somebody help me understand what that means? Pujo? Positives and negatives. So okay. I think there was a, a conversation around uh, Tesla and Indonesia, right? Uh, some big mm-hmm. shots from in- Indonesia, met Elon, and then there was a, a Tesla team in Indonesia. And uh, Indonesia has a lot of nickel, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They want Tesla to mine, but they also want it to be refined in Indonesia. Probably, uh, you know, go all the way to building batteries. But I think from Tesla's point of view, they want to mine it, probably refine it so that you know volumetrically it's better, and then ship it away because mm-hmm. they don't want to build batteries in Indonesia. So I think it's gonna get stuck at some sort of an impasse there. Uh, there might be other uh, battery companies, you know, Panasonic, uh, maybe CATL, LG, who might actually invest in Indonesia and build a battery factory there just because there's so much nickel, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think Tesla is creating a battery factory in, uh, in Indonesia. I do think that there might be some form of mining or and or refining that happens. I mean, of course, Tesla might not mine directly. It might have uh, a partner, you know, maybe Vale or somebody go in mm-hmm. and create mines, but uh, it might actually do nickel refining there. Yeah, I think their strategy recently of really trying to get their other battery manufacturing partners to produce as many batteries as possible. They very well may be able to just broker a deal here and bring in one of the other. I think we're starting, y'all. I think we're yeah. starting. Sorry okay. to cut you off. All right, stop. everybody mute. I'm going to see yep. some responses for the thing. Confirm that you can hear. Good afternoon, everyone. And welcome to Tesla's 2022 annual shareholder meeting. <laughs> My name is Martin Vieca. I'm the Vice President of Investor Relations, and I'll be the chair of today's meeting. We're super excited that finally, after two years, we get to get a proper attended meeting this year with so many people in the audience. (laughs) We have more people in the audience this year than we've ever had before. But first and foremost, I just really wanted to thank all of our investors, and particularly our retail shareholders, that have been so... (laughs) That have been just so supportive, so supportive and just so engaged over the years, and especially to those who have cast their ballot in the last few weeks. Uh, Each vote really matters. So, you know, thank you so much for taking time to cast your ballot and do your part in the annual vote. And we're hopeful that from now on every year, you will be casting your ballot. Uh, There will be two parts of today's meeting. Uh, First, we're going to do the formal part of the meeting, uh, which will cover 13 items that investors are going to be asked to vote on. And after the voting, I will introduce uh, Tesla's co-founder and CEO, Elon Musk, 
And who will give a presentation? <laughs> who will give a presentation about Tesla and the year in review? At this time, I would like to thank uh, members of the Tesla team and the board who are here with us today. Uh, a representative from PricewaterhouseCoopers, Tesla's independent um, auditor, is present on the phone as well. But before we begin, I would like to introduce you to our chair, Robin Denholm, chair of Tesla's board, who would like to say a few words. Okay. This is the short part of the agenda. So, so thank you, Martin, and good afternoon, everyone. It's my great pleasure to welcome you all to Tesla's 2022 annual shareholder meeting. And I am delighted that we are here in person again this year, and I'm also really thrilled to see so many of you uh, with us today here in Giga, Texas, in Austin. And so because we know that not everyone can join us in person, we would need a very large stadium to actually have everyone. Uh, and because we have a lot of investors as well around the country and around the planet, we actually have uh, also uh, got a lot of shareholders online today, and I'd like to welcome them to this meeting as well. So a big welcome to all of our virtual attendees. I would also like to thank our amazing investors and acknowledge you because without you, um, we would not be here today. It is because of your support that we have become the company that we are and that we have been able to make so much progress against our mission of accelerating the world's transition to sustainable energy. Last year alone, our global fleet of vehicles, energy storage and solar panels enabled our customers to avoid emitting 8.4 million metric tonnes of greenhouse gas emissions. And to put that in context, that means that we avoided emissions by using Tesla products last year. It was the equivalent of driving gas-powered cars for 20 billion miles, and that is 20 billion with a B. And as, as you all know, that we are still in the very early phases of this transition. And as I mentioned last year, by 2030, we aim to sell 20 million electric vehicles per annum. And we're making great progress towards achieving this goal. In June of this year, we achieved the highest vehicle production month in our history. Despite supply headwinds and despite the shutdowns in Shanghai. And we continued to ramp our factories both here in Austin as well as in Germany. And most people know Tesla for our cars, but we are also making a great big impact with our solar and energy storage business as well. Last year alone, Tesla sold four gigawatt hours of energy storage products. That represents enough energy to power three million homes. Tesla's energy storage deployments have nearly quadrupled in the last four years, 
and last year represented over 15% of the gigawatt hours globally. Over the past decade, Tesla's solar panels have generated more electricity than has been consumed by our factories and by all of the Tesla cars fleet on the road combined. So in theory, today, all US domestic electricity needs, as well as the vehicle and transportation needs, could be met by solar power alone. We're also continuously working on reducing the cost of our solar and storage products in order to foster mass adoption. Using renewable energy sources like solar and wind with battery storage, it's fast becoming the cheapest energy option available. And as we continue to bring our costs down, more consumers will be able to not only have a positive impact on the environment, but it will also make economic sense from an, uh, to use renewable energy. As we discussed in our uh, impact report, we're constantly working to improve not only the positive impact of our products, but also to reduce the energy and water consumption that we are using in our manufacturing process. In fact, our goal is, to be, is for all of our factories to be carbon neutral. And to that end, we are continuously innovating for energy efficiency by building increasingly sustainable factories, covering our rooftops with solar panels, leveraging AI to reduce the energy consumption, and utilising renewable energy as much as possible throughout all of our operations. In our newest factories, we already use less water per vehicle than most, almost any other traditional car maker. And we are continuously exploring ways to reduce water further throughout our operations, including optimising and eliminating processes that are water intensive, harvesting rainwater, and also reusing reclaimed and recycled water. Sustainability is our main driver and motivator. It drives everything that we do. It drives our values and our mission as a company. It drives all of our employees, our shareholders, our customers, and it underscores everything that we do as directors. This month marks my eighth anniversary as a director at Tesla. And I, along with my fellow board members, many of whom are here today and online, who are here uh, with us today, and we could not be more proud to serve as your board, to help ensure that the framework of governance needed to succeed in our mission. Our governance model has enabled us to remain focused on making decisions that matter, often bold decisions that unlock growth potential. Decisions like engineering and manufacturing EVs from the ground up, rather than being just a supplier of components. By building the world's largest lithium-ion battery factory uh, today, and so that we can scale our operations efficiently. Making investments in an international network of stores, service centres and supercharging stations to expand customer convenience and access. 
and we remain dedicated to advancing your interests, your shareholder interests, and firmly believe that good governance is a hallmark of sustainability. Driving long-term value, protecting shareholder interests, and ensuring our actions are aligned with our values. Thank you. And as directors, we listen to and value your voice and, and input. And whether it be by submitting comments and questions during our earnings calls, or communicating with us through our board portal, or attending and interacting with us at events like this, uh, and this shareholder meeting today. I'm excited also to announce that we have recently launched a new shareholder platform to facilitate your interaction with management, participating in company events, and receiving information directly relevant to you as a shareholder. You'll be hearing more updates on this platform in the near future. Once, thank you. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank you for your support and for continuing to be our partner along this incredible and important journey. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank all of Tesla's amazing employees around the world. You are the lifeblood of all of our achievements as a company. You're phenomenal. And lastly, I would also like to thank Larry Ellison, who has diligently served as a director over the last three years. Your contributions have helped, have helped us as a board and also as a company greatly. And with that, I want to hand it over to Martin again. Thank you. Thank you very much, Robin. I will now call the meeting to order. The time is now 4.42 Central Time PM, and I declare that the polls are now open. We've already received over the past few weeks voting proxies from our stockholders, meaning that almost all the votes have been counted, uh, were already submitted before this meeting. However, if you wish to vote your shares, or if you would wish to change your vote, you may do so through the virtual meeting site. For those here in person, ballots and ballot boxes were made available for you prior to the meeting. Tesla's Board of Directors has appointed Computer Share Trust Company to serve as an inspector of election for this meeting. Computer Share has uh, taken and signed an oath uh, as inspector of election and has certified that starting on June 23rd, 2022, the proxy materials or the notice of internet availability of the proxy materials well-mailed, all provided to all Tesla stockholders as of record day of June 6, 2022. We have majority of outstanding shares represented at the meeting, so I declare that there's a quorum present and that we may proceed with a meeting. The items on the agenda are as follows. Number one, the election of uh, two Class 3 directors, Ira Enterprise and Kathleen Wilson-Thompson, 
to serve for a term of three years or until their respective successors are duly elected and qualified. If Proposal 2 of the agenda is approved, then Mr. Enterprise and Ms. Wilson-Thompson would serve for a term of two years or until their respective successors are duly elected and qualified. Number two, to adopt amendments to our certificate of incorporation to, resue, to, re, uh, to reduce director terms to two years. Number three, to adopt amendments to certificate of incorporation and bylaws to eliminate applicable supermajority voting requirements. Number four, to adopt, to adopt amendments or certificate, certificate of incorporation to increase the number of authorized shares of common stock by four billion uh, common shares. Number five, to ratify the appointment of PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, Tesla's independent registered public accounting firm for the fiscal year 2022. Tesla's board has recommended that our stockholders vote for each of the director nominees and for each of those proposals. We have also received eight stockholder proposals as described in our proxy statement. I would like to remind our stockholders that Tesla's board has prepared a statement in opposition to each of those proposals, which appear in our proxy statement. The first stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding proxy access. Our board has recommended that our stockholders vote against this stockholder proposal. This stockholder proposal is proposed by James McRitchie, who is on the line to present the proposal. Mr. McRitchie, I would like to invite you to speak. You have three minutes. Thank you. Tesla's opposition statement says the board recognizes proxy access is a topic of growing interest in the investor community. Unlike 79% of the S&P 500, our board has failed to adopt any provision to provide shareholders with a real voice and directly nominating board members, our representatives, and on Tesla's corporate governance. Instead, the board promises to continue to monitor the topic. Tesla further argues our proposal provides no safeguards against corporate raiders to affect a change in control. Nonsense. Our proposal is limited by law to 500 words. It simply asks the board to allow long-term shareholders who've owned at least 3% of Tesla continuously for three years or more to be able to nominate directors. Nothing in the proposal is binding. Passed, it is up to the board to add necessary safeguards as boards have done at hundreds of other companies. Getting more than 50% of the shareholder vote may mean little at Tesla. Our proposal to eliminate supermajority requirements that Tesla won 56% of the vote at our 2020 meeting, yet we are still voting on it this year. Are insiders at Tesla voting to block adoption? Our proposal to declassify the board won 55% at the 2021 meeting, yet the board now wants a halfway measure. Instead of voting on directors every year, the board wants it to be every other year. How large of a majority is required to move our board to action? Because of the board's inaction, proxy advisors 
ISS and Glass-Lewis recommended against the directors up for election at this meeting and against the halfway measure toward declassifying the board. As stated in the proxy access proposal, two of our largest shareholder proposals, BlackRock, our shareholders, BlackRock and Vanguard voted in favor of 87 and 91% of shareholder proposals to establish proxy access during the last three and a half years. Additionally, proxy advisors ISS, Glass-Lewis, and Egan Jones all recommend a vote for proposal number six at this meeting. Let's cut the bull. Give shareholders a direct voice in nominating directors. Vote for proposal number six. Proxy access at Tesla is long overdue. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Mr. Ritchie. The second stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding annual uh, reporting on anti-harassment and discrimination efforts. Our board has recommended that our stockholders vote against this stockholder proposal. This stockholder proposal is proposed by the New York State Common Retirement Fund, whose representative, Emily Bogan, is on the line to present the proposal. Ms. Bogan, I would like to invite you to speak. You will have three minutes. Good afternoon. On behalf of New York State Controller Thomas Napoli, trustee of the New York State Common Retirement Fund, owner of over a million shares of Tesla, valued at approximately $1.2 billion, I am presenting Proposal 7 on the proxy. The proposal requests a report describing and quantifying the effectiveness and outcomes of company efforts to prevent harassment and discrimination in protected classes of employees, including but not limited to sexual harassment and racial discrimination. Tesla's 2020 diversity, equity, and impact report states, quote, insists on equitable practices, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because fair processes allow our team members to bring their whole selves to work. We value and include underrepresented, underrepresented communities at all levels of our company, end quote. Meanwhile, there have been multiple news reports, allegations, and lawsuits in recent years concerning gender and race discrimination at Tesla. These include a federal district court recently concluding that there was ample disturbing evidence to support the outcome of a California discrimination trial in October of 2021, at which jurors heard that the Tesla factory in Fremont was saturated with racism and that supervisors at Tesla's broader management failed to help. The judge added, and supervisors even joined in on the abuse. Additionally, the U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission has initiated an open investigation into Tesla for alleged workplace discrimination at its facilities. Finally, after receiving hundreds of Tesla's workers' complaints, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing is suing the company over allegations of discrimination and harassment of black employees at its San Francisco Bay Area factory. Shareholders need the information requested for the following reasons. First, it has been reported that most Tesla workers are subject to mandatory arbitration agreements. Consequently, transparency and the extent of workforce mismanagement is limited. Secondly, civil rights violations within the workplace can result in substantial costs to companies, including fines and penalties, legal costs, costs related to absenteeism, and limited productivity. Thirdly, a company's failure to properly manage its workforce can damage corporate goodwill, making it more difficult to retain and recruit employees and jeopardize its relationship with its customers and partners. Lastly, a Deloitte Global Executive Survey on Strategic Risk found that the number one risk concern for business executives surveyed from around the world is reputation damage. For all these reasons, shareholders want increased transparency, transparency into the requested data, 
policy and practices so we can better evaluate whether the board is effectively exercising its oversight obligations, its efforts to translate its efforts to translate into improved performance in managing its workforce notification, and whether there's alignment between Tesla stating policies and actions. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you, Ms. Spoken. The third stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding annual, uh, annual report on board diversity. Our board has recommended that our stockholders vote against this stockholder proposal. The stockholder proposal is proposed by Alex Lamb, whose representative Julia Cederholm from Arjuna Capital is on the line to present the proposal. Ms. Cederholm, I would like to invite you to speak. You will have three minutes. Good afternoon, my name is Julia Cederholm from investment management firm Arjuna Capital, and I move Proposal 8, asking the company to report on policies and practices to improve board diversity. That is, to attain racial and gender representation better aligned with the demographics of its employees and customers. Board diversity efforts are in the best interest of Tesla and its investors. Numerous studies show greater diversity leads to better company performance and increased shareholder value. Regulation has increased as the value of board diversity becomes more evident. At least 12 states have enacted or are considering board diversity requirements, and the NASDAQ requires companies to attain at least two diverse directors. But more is needed. In a country comprised of 51% women and 42% minorities, current board diversity aspirations fall short. A board of directors whose diversity is reflective of its employee and customer base is better positioned to outperform. When a board includes diverse members, it can better recognize the unique needs and interests of its stakeholders. That is why 61% of investors believe boards should aim to reflect companies' customer base and broader societies in which they operate, according to a survey by Institutional Shareholder Services. Unfortunately, Tesla's board diversity is disproportionate with its employee base and U.S. demographics. The board remains majority white and majority male, despite a majority minority employee base. The board is made up of 25% racially or ethnically diverse directors, far below its employee base, which is 60% minorities. The board is also made up of only 25% women. Additionally, Tesla currently faces litigation with California State for failing to deal with allegations of systemic racism and sexism at the automaker. It's crucial Tesla addresses these issues head on at the highest level of governance, its board of directors. While the company has said it's committed to board diversity, there are no quantitative board diversity goals. Such goals and transparent reporting are needed to create progress over time and hold the company accountable to its investors, employees, and customers. I urge you to support Proposal 8, requesting Tesla further diversify its board to reflect its employee and customer base. Such action can better position our company to respond to stakeholders' needs and concerns and ultimately improve performance. Thank you for your support of Proposal 8. Thank you, Mr. Seedleholm. The fourth stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding reporting on employee arbitration. Our board has recommended to vote against this stockholder proposal. The stockholder proposal is proposed by NIA Impact Capital, whose representative Christine Hall is here, uh, here, is here to present the proposal. Dr. Hall, I would like to invite you to speak. You will have three minutes. Hello, I'm Dr. Kristen Hull, founder and CEO at NIA Impact Capital. On behalf of NIA and our co-filers, I formally move proposal number nine. 
As an investor, I'm here today like many of you because we believe in the strength of this company to lead in the transition to the next sustainable economy. This resolution requests that Tesla's board of directors oversee the preparation of a report on the use of mandatory arbitration for dis dissolving disputes between workers and the company. Your yes vote today will impact Tesla for the better, and here's why. Significant concerns have been raised about the persistence of racism and racist actions at Tesla. There have been many recent discrimination claims, including California's Department of Fair Employment, which alleges that hundreds of black Tesla employees have been discriminated against in job assignments, with disciplinary actions, with regard to pay, and being passed up for promotions. Allegations also include the use of racial slurs and racist graffiti. Also troubling may be a culture of retaliation where employees who have raised these issues with management and HR have claimed being retaliated against. Given the grave allegations, it's time that investors get a look under the hood, or the frunk, as it would be with Tesla. When disputes are handled via arbitration, the underlying facts and outcomes of the cases often remain secret, preventing other employees from learning about um, and taking action on shared concerns. Arbitration precludes employees from suing in court and it blocks class actions, allowing pervasive discrimination to continue. Stated simply, arbitration of employee claims may allow bad corporate behavior to continue, hidden from other employees and from investors. Bias, discrimination, and harassment in the workplace create uncompensated risks, both for investors and, as it seems to be, invite legal, brand, and financial risks for our company, Tesla. In this day and age, we know strong human capital management is essential. Recruiting, hiring, and training an employee, and then treating them in a way that inhibits their top performance, even preventing them from doing their job well. It doesn't make moral or financial sense. Tesla is known, as we all know, for its innovation and its leadership in technology. And now, Tesla needs to rev up to solve this grave human capital issue. Tesla will need a smart, well-run, loyal, and devoted workforce, and, of course, loyal customer base to stay ahead. And frankly, racism has no place in a business seeking to lead our future. We at NIA ask again that the board evaluate the effects and the impact of arbitration on Tesla's brand, on its employees, and on its workplace culture. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hall. The fifth stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding reporting on lobbying. Our board has recommended that our stockholders vote against this stockholder proposal. This stockholder proposal is proposed by the Nathan Cummings Foundation, whose representative, Lara Campus, is on the line to present the proposal. Ms. Campus, I would like to invite you to speak. You will have three minutes. Good evening, I'm Laura Campos. I am the director of the Corporate and Political Accountability Program at the Nathan Cummings Foundation. I am participating in Tesla's annual meeting to move proposal number 10 on behalf of the foundation and its co-filer, Green Century. Proposal 10 requests that Tesla's board of directors evaluate and report on Tesla's direct 
and indirect lobbying and policy influence activities, and how those activities align with the goal of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The proposal also seeks information on plans to mitigate risks presented by any misalignment that might be found. Here are just a few of the reasons we categorically disagree with the board's assertion that Tesla does not need to evaluate and report on its lobbying and policy influence activities. Unlike most other companies of its size and influence, Tesla does not appear to have strong governance mechanisms in place to ensure its political activities, including lobbying expenditures, support its business model and its mission to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. In fact, the company earned an abysmal zero points out of a possible 70 on the most recent CPA Zicklin Index of Corporate Political Disclosure and Accountability. Tesla contends that a simple online search provides the information sought in this proposal. That is incorrect. To our knowledge, the only information Tesla discloses is found in its quarterly lobbying activity report, which all active registrants are required to file. These reports do not enable investors or the public to determine whether a company is taking a stance for or against a particular bill. Furthermore, this reporting does not reveal whether Tesla's advocacy is aligned with the Paris Agreement and it fails to shed any light at all on indirect lobbying. Tesla's message to investors when it comes to its political activities appears to be, just trust us, we're the good guys. But that's simply not sufficient for a public company. Peers like GM and Ford have substantially more disclosure in this area. What's more, public statements by Tesla's CEO raise real questions about Tesla's actual stance on legislation intended to support the world's transition to sustainable energy. For instance, in a 2021 Wall Street Journal interview, Tesla's CEO expressed a lack of support for the Build Back Better Act, a centerpiece of the Biden administration's efforts to address climate change. In a statement indicative of the need for stronger governance mechanisms when it comes to political activities and lobbying, Tesla's CEO noted that, quote, no one at Tesla has actually brought up whether they, they care about this bill or not. We don't think about it at all, really, end quote. Completing the requested evaluation would ensure that someone at Tesla is thinking about the company's stance on critical pieces of major legislation that impacts not just the transition to sustainable Ms. Campus, the three minutes have passed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, the sixth stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding the adoption of freedom of association and collecting bargaining policy. Our board has recommended that our stockholders vote against this stockholder proposal. The stockholder proposal is proposed by Christian Pauli, who has prepared a pre-recorded message. Hello, shareholders, members of the board. My name is Christine Pauli. With support of the Shareholder Association for Research and Education and co-filers at Domini Impact Investments and SOC Investment Group, I wish to advance number 11 on Tesla's proxy statement, urging adoption of a policy to respect rights to freedom of association and collective bargaining in the company's operations. These rights can enhance shareholder value through improving health and safety, encouraging training and skills development, increasing productivity, promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion, and strengthening human rights due diligence. 
Yet in the face of public allegations of Tesla interfering in unionization efforts, a National Labor Relations Board ruling concluding that Tesla intimidated, threatened, and retaliated against employees to prevent their organizing, and the CEO's history of public comments on this topic, to aid informed investment decisions, investors require clarity on Tesla's approach to these fundamental labor rights and management of related risks. The board's response is cause for shareholder concern. Although the board states its commitment to human rights, Tesla's human rights policy omits mention of freedom of association or collective bargaining. The board points to Tesla's supplier code of conduct, which does include respecting the rights of workers to form and tr join trade unions. But in fact, this policy does not apply to operations, creating a double standard. The NLRB findings already mentioned challenge the board's claim that the company complies with all applicable laws and often local laws fail to adequately protect these rights. Tesla's peers, including Ford, General Motors, and Goodyear, explicitly reference freedom of association in their human rights policies, which do apply to operations. Even non-unionized peers, including Toyota, Volkswagen, and BMW, have statements that respect rights of freedom of association or collective bargaining that apparently apply to operations. But Tesla's governance gap on freedom of association and collective bargaining represents material, reputational, regulatory, legal, and operational risk and creates workforce uncertainty. In the post-pandemic context of workforce organizing efforts at other major companies and growing interest in unionization, an explicit commitment to freedom of association and collective bargaining is essential. We urge the board to clarify the company's policies and practices to respect rights to freedom of association and collective bargaining in its operations. Fellow shareholders, I urge you to vote for this proposal. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Pauli. The seventh stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding additional reporting on child labor. Our board has recommended that our stockholders vote against this stockholder proposal. The stockholder proposal is proposed by the Sisters of the Good Shepherd, whose representative, Sister Winifred Dorothy, is on the line to present the proposal. Sister Dorothy, I would like to invite you to speak. You will have three minutes. The quest for clean energy, while admirable, overtly perpetuates violations of children's human rights, especially with regard to child labor. Good evening, and thank you for this opportunity. My name is Winifred Doherty, and I am representing the Sisters of the Good Shepherd, New York province, which is a Tesla shareholder and the lead filer of this proposal, requesting Tesla issue a public report on how it will eradicate child labor in its factory supply chain by 2025. I hereby move Proposal 12 and encourage your support for this proposal. I ask, this ask is supported by the New York State Common Retirement Fund and international rights advocates. The Sisters of the Good Shepherd support the education and sustainable development of children and their families in Cobalt 
mining communities in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Good Shepherd Mission partners have witnessed firsthand the harms on the health, development, and education of children who are exploited by child labor and cheap labor and often enticed to work by a few coins. The harsh working conditions, lack of safety standards, and reports of abuse place every child at risk. Poverty, injury, and in some cases, even death is a daily reality. Article 32 of the Rights of the Child states that the child has the right to be protected from economic exploitation and from performing any work that is likely to be hazardous to or interfere with the child's education or to be harmful to the child's health or physical, mental, spiritual, moral, or social development. Despite Tesla's claim that no child labor has been detected in its EV battery supply chains, the company faces a class action lawsuit for allegedly aiding and abetting in the death and serious injury of children who claim they were working in cobalt mines in their supply chains. As stated in the resolution, child labor in the cobalt supply chain exposes Tesla and you, its investors, to financial, legal, and reputational risks. We demand supplier criteria that are binding, enforceable, and regularly monitored by independent auditors for compliance with international laws prohibiting child labor and with the company's own written policy. Sister Dorothy, I would like to remind you that three minutes have passed. Thank you, Sister Dorothy. And the final and the eighth stockholder proposal is an advisory vote regarding reporting on water risk. Our, border, our board has recommended to vote against this stockholder proposal. This stockholder proposal is proposed by JZD Investments, whose representative Elizabeth Levi, from as you saw, is on the line to present the proposal. Ms. Levi, I would like to invite you to speak. You will have three minutes. Good afternoon, Chairman, members of the board. My name is Elizabeth Levy. Thank you for the opportunity to present proposal number 13. Climate change is causing more intense droughts globally, and those droughts are predicted to worsen. This climate change-related water scarcity poses material risks to our company. Large water-reliant manufacturing plants, including our companies, are facing increasing competition from high-value uses such as drinking water and agriculture, among others. This competition for water resources will only become stronger. Tesla's automotive manufacturing uses significant amounts of water. Many of Tesla's plants operate in water-stressed areas where our company's water use has generated public and ongoing controversy. Tesla's supply chains are also increasingly subject to water risk. While Tesla has provided information on global water efficiency and is exploring ways to reduce water consumption, shareholders have no meaningful way to put these actions into context. Generalized company-wide water use data does not address the issue of location-based risk. 
Each location in which Tussle operates is unique in its water risk. Every region has different levels of water strain and scarcity, use, and competition. Without site-specific use information, investors cannot accurately assess material risk. Such risks include the potential for operations disruptions due to climate-related water depletion, overconsumption, or competition. The company also fails to address how it can reduce the contentiousness of its interactions with communities in water-constrained areas, which increasingly poses reputational risk to the company. Disclosing water use information will increase public goodwill and will provide investors with the data necessary to assess water-related risk. This is not a choice between making good vehicles and providing the requested data. As one of the top 10 valued companies globally, Tesla has the resources and the know-how to do both. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Levi. Please note that now is the final opportunity to submit any proxies in order for them to be counted. I declare that the polls are now closed. Based on the proxies that we have previously received, I'd like to announce on preliminary basis that our stockholders approve, have approved the recommendation of Tesla board on all agenda items except item number two regarding the reduction of director terms to two years, item three regarding elimination of applicable supermajority voting requirements, and item six for an advisory vote regarding proxy access. While over 98% and 97% respectively of the shares present and entitled to vote on items two and three did so as recommended by the board, Unfortunately, less than two-thirds of total outstanding shares, which were required to approve these items, submitted votes for these items. After the final tabulation is completed, we will formally announce the results of the voting by forming a Form 8K within four business days of today's meeting. That concludes the official business of today's shareholder meeting, which is now adjourned. We will now move into the company update presentation by Elon. If you're currently joining through the virtual meeting site, please go to tesla.com slash 2022 shareholder meeting to continue to watch the presentation. During the course of the following session, we may discuss our business outlook and make other forward-looking statements. Such statements are predictions based on our current expectations. Actual events or results could differ materially due to a number of risks and uncertainties including those disclosed in our most recent filing, thank you, with the SEC. Such forward-looking statements represents our views as of today, should not be relied on thereafter, and we disclaim any obligation to update them after today. And with that, please welcome Elon Musk. Welcome. <laughs> um, 
Well, I feel welcome. So, well, it's great to see everyone here. Um, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, welcome to Giga Texas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's see. I'll go over, kind of recount the year. It's been an amazing year. The Tesla team has done amazing work. Um, and I have to say, like, one of the things that uh, I was like, what do you enjoy most in life? I really, uh, being able to work with a super talented group of people and to create great products and manufacture those products and deliver them to people and make people happy from those products um, is, is that, that's one of the best things in life. Um, so. So yeah, I'd just like to say what an honor it is to work with such a talented team at, at Tesla, and that's the reason we've been able to do all these things. So, um, yeah, we're aiming to achieve a two million vehicle run rate by the end of the year. Uh, so. <laughs> this is the best crowd, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> um, I love you guys too. So, uh, anyway, uh, thanks to the, the hard work of the Tesla team, we've already been able to achieve a one and a half million unit annualized run rate. Um, and depending on how the, the rest of this year goes, we, I think we might get close to, or we'll get approximately uh, at, at the one and a half million mark um, and, and be exiting the year at a, a two million unit run rate. And, um, and then also worth noting, uh, just recently in the last uh, a few weeks, we made our three millionth car. So, yeah. You know, the, it's pretty wild to think like uh, 10 years ago where things were, you know? Uh, 10 years, August uh, 2012, um, we'd, uh, we'd made 2,500 roadsters and I think maybe a couple of hundred Model S's-ish. <laughs> But less than 3,000 cars. So 10 years ago, we'd made less than, than 3,000 cars. And uh, here we stand 10 years later, having made over 3 million. Uh, so. And uh, actually, this is one of the cleanest exponentials I've, you know. It, it looks like one of those sort of, uh, you know, business plan presentation things <laughs> that, that doesn't actually come true, but, you know, you, you see it in the venture capital uh, business plan situation. Um, 
that it's actually true. That's the amazing part. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing okay on demand. Um, so, um, thank you. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great here. Um, I love California too, to be frank. I'm going to be clear. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> Um, we, we got great teams in California, and, uh, and, and I, we got a great team in, in, in China and Shanghai, and a great, great team in Berlin and Germany and Europe. It's so, uh, um, yeah. And um, I thought it's, it's interesting to look at the, uh, the cumulative profitability since inception. Um, and this approximately tra tracks to uh, uh, sort of mental pain, uh, actually. <laughs> this psychic uh, damage. Um, uh, that green curve is approximately correct. Um, but uh, it, it, it's, it's, I'm just very proud of the fact that we've actually been able to, um, to, to, to produce more cash than we have spent. Um, and have positive retained earnings and be worth our salt, essentially. Um, and that, that's a really big deal, it's very hard. So, I mean, this, this, is, this is a big deal and I think uh, it's gonna go up from here. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, you can see we, we obviously had uh, some challenges there in 2017, um, and then, uh, but, but since then our free cash flow generation has been, been very good and uh, trending, trending upwards. And, and this is really before uh, autonomy really kicks in. We've had, we have a autonomy to some degree, um, but uh, solving autonomy is, uh, Will, will really be an amplification of, of free cash flow to a degree that is, you know, you run the numbers and it's like, wow, can it really be that crazy? But it, it could be that crazy. Um, and, um, you know, this, uh, this year I swear. Um, <laughs> um, I, 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 we got uh, anyone here uh, in the FSD beta program? Yeah! <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, no, uh, totally, totally, totally. Okay, well, I, I thought, I thought. <laughs> All right. Um, I, thought, I thought you might ask that. Um, so, because uh, it's 10 to 13, we've been working on for a while, and. Um, and actually, what's sort of happened is we've we've uh, we've made some pretty significant uh, architectural improvements. Um, so it's really going to be more than a 10.12 to 10.13 release. It, it might I don't want to speak too soon. It might qualify for 10.69. <laughs> so it's got, it's got to earn that. Obviously, uh, can't just throw that out. You know. Um, 
but it's 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 um, th th there's a lot of a lot of improvements, um, and uh, especially in uh, complex uh, left turns. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're going to solve Chuck's turn. Yes, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we have a lot of respect for valid criticism. Uh, so, and uh, yeah, so um, I, 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 I think we're at roughly 90% success rate with, with your turn. So, yeah, we're almost at 100. So, um, so it's, it's looking good. And um, yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful it might, might, it might be a week, next week. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, two weeks. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, it's working well for me. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. So anyway, team, teams like working literally seven days a week um, and and making uh, ma major improvements, and it's really interesting because we're effectively solving an important aspect of artificial intelligence, uh, real-world uh, AI for self-driving, which, uh, when you think about it, kind of is what, what's needed to solve, solve self-driving. Because how is the road system designed? It's designed for a biological neural net and eyes. And so naturally, the thing that would therefore work the silicon analog is cameras and uh, silicon neural nets. Um, and, and so, sort of, sort of by accident, we're actually solving an important, I think, very useful uh, element of artificial intelligence. And um, we, I definitely want uh, people out there, you know, talented people who are working on AI to consider working at Tesla, because I think we're solving just a very important part of AI, and one that can ultimately save millions of lives and uh, prevent tens of millions of serious injuries. Um, by by driving just an, an order of magnitude safer than uh, than, than than people, um, and, you know there used to be a time back in the day where we'd have yeah this, this is super important. Um, so I mean there used to be a time when we'd have elevator operators and it was normal to have elevator operators and have like a big relay and stuff, but you know every can every now and again you make a mistake and shear somebody in half so. Uh, and be like, oh, okay. Then we went to automated elevators, and you press a button, and you go to your floor, and it just works. Um, and and that's kind of how it's going to be in the future with cars. Um, and yeah, so. And then we'll have lots of interesting things to say on AI Day at the end of next month. So I'll I'll leave that to next month. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we started out here. Um, Obviously, we were told, to, we were told <laughs> electric cars were, were impossible, and even if, really, if you could make a, you know, an electric car with a couple hundred miles range, then nobody would buy it anyway, because people just love gasoline cars. So, um, you know, when we started out, uh, it, was, it was dumb, dumb to start a car company, and then dumb squared to do an electric car company. Um, and we were told, you know, you're never gonna make money, et cetera, and we didn't for a while. But now we have the highest operating margin in the whole industry. So.
exactly. Um, exactly. Tesla is not just a car company. Tesla is many companies in one, and we're as much a software company as we are a hardware company. Um, so, and that's just really going to be obviously essential for the future. Um, and software, both in the car and obviously with neural net training, but also software in the factory as well. So you can think of the factory as a uh, you know, giant cybernetic collective. So a factory is just an enormous cybernetic collective of humans and machines and software. And the, the better the software is, the better that cybernetic collective works. I don't think other OEMs think like that. <laughs> but it's, that's what it is. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk of uh, competition among electric vehicles, but really, uh, it's, it's the, the EVs are, electric vehicles are taking a market share from gasoline cars. So, yeah. So, the, uh, and, and from a Tesla standpoint, we obviously welcome this, and we're, we're very excited to see that uh, the big car companies are embracing electric vehicles. Uh, if you were to re rewind the press releases to five years ago, that was not the case. Uh, they were, you know, say, not saying nice things about electric vehicles five, five years ago. Um, but now, uh, I believe almost every major uh, car company in the world has embraced electri electrification and agrees that it is the right path. And uh, this is really what we set out to do with Tesla. Um, you know, it was not to, like, you know, get maximum market share or anything. It was really try to get the, to show the auto industry that it was possible uh, to go electric and that if you made compelling electric cars, people would buy them. And, um, and, and that's, that's what's happened. And I think that's really profound. So, yeah. Um, also, when, when our competitors advertise for electric vehicles, every time they do that, our sales go up. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, but, but we do, uh, we, we have open sourced all our patents, so they can use our patents for free. And so we're, you know, helping out. And I think it's sort of a mutual prosperity thing, and it's, it's good. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Model Y. Um, uh, you don't want, you know, def definitely don't want to count chickens until they're hatched, but I think we're tracking to have uh, Model Y be the highest uh, selling vehicle by revenue this year, and the highest by unit volume next year. So. Um, still a lot of work to do. Uh, like these, these factories don't just magically work. Um, so uh, still a lot of work to do uh, in Berlin and, and here in Austin to spool up these uh, two gigafactories. Um, and we've got different supply chains. And so it's always, there's a host of problems. Uh, none of the problems are individually all that difficult, but there's like 10,000 of them. So it's, the rate of production is like, how fast can you solve the 10,000 problems, essentially? And we're solving them pretty fast, uh, but uh, a lot of work to do. And um, yeah, we might be able to announce another factory location later this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Wait, uh, wait, 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 where should we? Okay, where where should we build it? <laughs> okay, we got a lot, got a lot of Canadas. No, uh, <laughs> so I'm half I'm half Canadian, so maybe I should, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, well, I think you know. Ultimately, we'll, we'll end up building. I don't know. Probably at least uh, ten or twelve, uh, ten or twelve gigafactories, uh, and there will there will be really gigafactories like output. Uh, you know, aiming for output, average output of like one and a half to two million units per factory, which is enormous. So, um, and the. Our Fremont factory in California is, is uh, already the highest output factory in North America. So, sorry. Well, I think we'll have a friendly competition uh, with, between uh, Texas, California, Berlin. Sh Shanghai is hard to beat. I have to say, Shanghai is a. Uh, Pretty, our Shanghai team is, is just awesome. So, that they're, they're uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> great, great team there. So, uh, with respect to, you know, sometimes we get this sort of, uh, you know, these bogus attacks of like EVs are somehow worse than gasoline cars, um, which is not true. Uh, the average life cycle emissions of, of an EV are dramatically lower than that of a gasoline car. I'm kind of telling you things you already know. Um, but uh, you know, every now and again, you think surely this nonsense has been put to bed, but it it, uh, it pops up again. But it's obviously electric cars is dramatically lower uh, CO2 lifetime than than any uh, than, a, than a gasoline car. Um, so anyway, that's kind of obvious. Now, now this this is a thing that I think is super cool. Um, if you add up all the energy produced over the last ten years by uh, Tesla solar panels, uh, it is more energy than was used to manufacture all of our cars and charge all of our cars at superchargers and at home. This is... I mean, this is like... And, and I mean, the, the, the mission of Tesla is to accelerate sustainability. And the, I think this, this is really a, amazing, you know. Um, more energy produced than was used in making the car or and charging them over billions of miles. So, and we're going to keep obviously increasing uh, our solar activity and uh, and vehicles and um, and try to keep keep these on par um, because the, the three elements of a sustainable energy future are, are sustainable energy production, primarily with solar and wind, and then stationary battery packs uh, to store the the. Uh, the sustainable energy because of its wind and solar are intermittent, intermittent and then uh, electric transport. And if you have those three pillars, you have a fully sustainable future. Um, and yeah, so that's, it's, it's, yeah. So. And obviously battery packs are very recyclable. They are, you can think of it like high-grade ore. Do, do you want to, you know, crunch up a bunch of rocks or crunch up a battery pack, which is like super high-grade ore. So it's a no-brainer to uh, recycle battery packs. And um, 
we are already recycling. I should point this out. So sometimes people wonder what's happening. We're already recycling uh, over 50 a week uh, in, um, in Nevada. So Tesla battery recycling is already uh, underway, has been underway, and is scaling up. Um, now, cars are lasting quite a long time, so there's not that many batteries to actually recycle uh, because you kind of have to typically wait like 12 years or something, like quite a long time before the battery actually uh, is no longer useful, um, sometimes 15 years. So recycling starts off small, but then it becomes very significant long term. Um, so... <laughs> Some factory footage, obviously. Uh, just 50 packs uh, a week. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, there's actually just not that many packs to recycle because there's not, the, the, the vast majority of them are still in use. Um, sorry? Oh, yes, exactly. Um, that's what I'm saying. Uh, where is that thing? Uh, <laughs> so, um, so Mass Plan 3 is uh, going to be fundamentally about scaling. Um, just looking at the overall problem from a global macroeconomic standpoint and saying, um, what, what are all the things that are needed to achieve a fully sustainable e economy? I think a lot of people don't, don't know. Um, and really, like, w w what tonnage of uh, lithium, of cathode, anode, separator electrolytes, uh, like electronics, what are all the things that are needed, that, what, that, what are all the things that need to be done in order to transition to a fully sustainable global economy? Which I think, you know, the sooner we do that, the, the better for the planet. And I think just articulating that and, and just making it clear that this is absolutely doable and it, it, it is being done and we just want it to be done as fast as, as possible. Because I think a lot of times, I mean, I, I meet a lot of people out there who, ha who have lost hope. You know, they think, they think it's too late and they think there's, there's no chance and the earth is doomed. It's like, it's not doomed, <laughs> okay? It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Earth can and will be saved. Yeah. So, uh, in addition to battery advancements and, and uh, electronics advancements and AI, we've also done a lot to simplify the structure of cars to make it easier to manufacture. And one of the things we've done is uh, create the, the largest castings uh, that have ever been done. Um, and they're very complex castings. And so we're able to take uh, 171 pieces of metal and uh, go from 171 pieces to two. Um, and in the process, make it lighter, uh, stiffer, uh, with better ride handling, better noise vibration harshness, uh, better uh, sealing against uh, water. Uh, so it's really better in every way. And yeah, so.
so and, and we're going to keep uh, enhancing the, the the casting. So this is a testament to our materials team and to our a lot of casting technology. So really rethinking the whole way in which a car is made, and it's uh, yeah, it's a gigantic improvement. Um, we have at this point from going from say model S or even model three, we're, we're at about. 30% of the robots used for Model 3, from a current Model Y. So, yeah. Um, we've also improved the uh, layout of the factory. So the factory is sort of a, it's sort of a single, or well, close to a single monolithic factory uh, with a very straightforward flow. Um, Fremont, we, we do a lot in Fremont, but the flow is complex and, and, and uh, it's, it's not, not an easy flow. So we're really rethinking the factory. Um, and I, I think if the, the, like the really long-term sustainable advantage of Tesla will be manufacturing. I mentioned this before, but uh, obviously everyone will have electric cars. All manufacturers will have electric cars. Um, and uh, eventually, probably take longer than they think, but eventually all cars will be self-driving. Um, and the thing that will be hardest to replicate is uh, Tesla's manufacturing technology. So this is actually very important for, from a long-term standpoint. So. You know, it, it, when thinking about the competitiveness of companies, especially if the companies are technology companies, uh, I recommend looking at where the smartest engineers want to work. This is, where, wherever the, the smartest engineers want to work, that's gonna be, that, that, that technology company is gonna be the one that uh, is likely to succeed. Um, just like if it's a pro sports team, where are the ace players going? Okay, probably that team will win. Um, so we, we've put a lot of effort into ensuring that the best engineers in the world want to work at, uh, at Tesla. And, and frankly, so sometimes Tesla, Tesla's number one, sometimes SpaceX number one, but um, so this was just like, like last year. Um, but, uh, and, and we do actually, for those curious and maybe want to work at either SpaceX or Tesla, uh, we do allow people to uh, move from one company to the other if they would like. So if you want to spend a better time working on electric vehicles, better time spending working on rockets, you can, that, that's cool, we support that. So, yeah. And we've also made a lot of improvement with uh, factory safety, so we, I think we, we believe we now have the, the best factory safety in the industry, and um, uh, so we're, we're, yeah, we're excited to have uh, you know, very good safety and getting better. So, yeah. And a bunch of this is driven by just encouraging people within the factory to submit ideas for safety improvement. And uh, we've passed our goal of, of three suggestions per employee in, uh, this year. And this, this really is a game changer for improving safety. And, yeah. <laughs> don't, you don't have to clap after every slide unless you really want to, but... Um, 
But, um, so we, we, we had, there's a lot of interest in working at Tesla with 3 million job applications uh, last year. So, sorry? Yeah, it's true. Uh, so a lot of interest in working at Tesla. Uh, <laughs> now, some people may occasionally have encountered a supercharger that didn't work. Um, but in general, the uptime of our superchargers is extremely good. And we just try to make it super smooth. And the, because our superchargers are always connected, like the car is always connected, our feedback loop for uh, fixing a supercharger is very quick. Um, and obviously, we, we keep upgrading the supercharger capability. We're now at version 3. We'll start rolling out version 4, I don't know, maybe next year. Um, so they just the, the superchargers get better and better. And, um, you know, who knows the, yeah. Uh, actually, I don't want to give away the, uh, <laughs> uh, right, but let's just say that there's, there's, some, there's some cool stuff happening on the supercharging front. So, uh, <laughs> Alaska, yes. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we, we're, we're basically doubling our supercharger count every year. So. If there isn't a supercharger in some place that you think is important, it probably will be there soon. So, um, we've also made a lot of progress on uh, safety. So our cars are already the uh, the safest in the industry. Uh, so we have the lowest probability of injury of any cars ever tested by the, the U.S. government, um, and uh, we update this in real time. So we, because our cars are, are connected, this is a big difference. Um, all, all the other cars, with rare exception, are not connected. So, that, so the manufacturers don't really know what happened in a crash. But in, in the case of Tesla, we are able to look at crashes and see how can we improve the safety and uh, you know, look, look at the crashes, improve the, 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 the crash structure. Uh, also, uh, we uh, improve how the seat belts tension and how the uh, airbags deploy. So in these updates, if we figure out, oh, there's a slightly better way to deploy the airbags to improve the safety in a crash, we'll actually do an over-there update to improve the way that the airbags deploy or the way that the seatbelt pretensions. Um, and we're now starting to include uh, our uh, Tesla autopilot AI to be able to see if a crash is about to occur. And if it, uh, if it's, it sees that a crash is about to occur with 99 plus percent probability, then it will activate the, the seatbelt pretensioners and deploy the airbags, as opposed to uh, the, what the vast majority of cars do is the, the, they only, the vast majority of cars are only able to deploy uh, airbags when the crash is happening. And so that's, uh, that makes the airbag deployment a lot more violent, but if you can anticipate the crash, the airbag deployment can be um, much better than, uh, than, than just uh, impact. So. Uh, we're also seeing FST beta grow uh, very rapidly, um, and this, this is definitely going to go very exponential in miles uh, driven. So we're now at over 40 million miles, and I suspect by the end of this year we'll be, I don't know, well over 100 million miles. So. And we're still tracking very much to have a, a wide, widespread deployment of FSD beta this year in North America. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. So I, I should say, if, if basically FSD beta will be available to anyone who requests it um, by the end of this year. So. So, AI Day Part 2, uh, I think people will be blown away, uh, but that's at the end of next month, so we'll leave that, it's, except it's, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. So, um, <laughs> the, I'm sort of surprised uh, that, you know, people, or at least like analysts out there, are not really understanding the importance of the Optimus robot. Um, my guess is Optimus will be more valuable than the car, than long term. Um, and in, in fact, it'll, I think, turn the whole notion of what's an economy on its head. Um, you know, at the point at which you have uh, no shortage of labor, you know, an economy is GDP per capita. If you do not have a capita constraint, then the economy just is, can, can be arbitrarily huge. So, yeah, this, it's sort of crazy. <laughs> anyway, and, and thank you for voting. So, your vote matters, and, and it's great to have direct contact with uh, individual shareholders. And thank you for, for voting to support uh, our proposals. So the next, the next decade, um, huh, I wonder how many cars we'll have in, in 10 years. Uh, yeah, 10 years ago we had less than 3,000 cars, now we've made 3 million, 300 million. <laughs> I'd say 100 million is pretty doable. So, uh, I'd, be surprised if it's, I'd be surprised if it's not over 100 million in 10 years. Um, and then many other products, some of which you've heard about, some of which you have not. So, <laughs> blurt it out. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got some uh, questions from the internet that were voted to the top. So I'll answer these questions, and then we'll take just questions from the audience. Uh, and uh, so one of the questions is, how does Tesla intend to utilize cash in the, in the coming years? Uh, will we increase CapEx, CapEx uh, well, I guess you can read the question, uh, share buybacks, dividends, or acquisitions? Um, well, it's interesting, like, it, Tesla's actually done very few acquisitions. Apart from the Solar City acquisition, it was the only really uh, big acquisition we did, and then the next largest would be Tesla uh, Groman. Um, but it's, Tesla's actually used a remarkably uh, small amount of its equity to do acquisitions compared to other companies. Uh, the vast majority of our growth, basically 90% of our growth, has been organic, um, which I think is actually a really good thing. Um, if, but if we, if we do see interesting companies, uh, we, you know, we will acquire them, but our, it, it's quite rare for us to acquire a company. Um, 
but we are interested in companies that are very good at manufacturing automation, uh, software, AI, uh, manufacturing technology in general, that kind of thing. Um, we certainly will increase uh, capex. Uh, I mean, we're, we're actually spending uh, cap, sort of, we're spending capex money and R&D money um, as fast as we can do so without wasting it. So this is not a constraint. Um, if we try to spend it any faster, we'd just be wasting money. So we're, we're, we're cranking hard on, on CapEx and uh, R&D. Um, depending on what our future cash flow looks like, uh, I think a sort of share buyback is, is possible. I wouldn't want to commit to that, but uh, well, you know, let's just make sure, uh, you know, that there's not some force majeure event somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, I think we want to make sure we, we have plenty of capital that, and that future cash flow is looking very solid the, and the world is relatively stable. And then I think uh, share buyback is, is on the table. Yeah. So how many factories are necessary to achieve 20 million vehicles? I think probably roughly a dozen. So we're aiming for uh, one and a half to two million units per factory. Um, now, our factory in California, we've we just run out of room, so it's, it's hard to get um, more than maybe 700 or 800,000 vehicles a year out of there. Um, but uh, most, most places will be aiming for one and a half to two. So. It, it doesn't cite, although we, we are aiming for giant monolithic buildings. Uh, uh, Cybertruck pricing, uh, it was unveiled in 2019, and the, and, and the reservation was $99. So, you know, things have, a lot has changed since then. Uh, so, so, the specs and the pricing will be different. I, you know, hate to sort of give a little bit of bad news, but I, I think there's, there's no way to sort of have, haven't anticipated quite the inflation that we've seen and the various issues. Um, but what I can say is that the Cybertruck will be one hell of a product, and it's gonna be like a damn fine machine. So, yeah. <laughs> And we are tracking to be in production um, uh, middle of next year from this factory. So we're installing, we're, we're gonna be installing the production equipment, tooling and all, uh, uh, starting uh, the next couple of months, we'll begin the, uh, the installation. So aiming to be in volume production middle of next year. So. Now what could possibly go wrong in answering this question? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, all right. So, uh, um, <laughs> I should just pass. Uh, well, let me just say that, uh, uh, you know, I, I hope for 
peace and respect. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, good advice. Uh, so we're trying to, we're, we're deploying supercharges wherever we see the greatest need. Um, now sometimes the greatest need is in some place that is extremely difficult to get permits. Uh, like the, uh, getting a permit in Malibu was nuts. Like, <laughs> it was next level, that took years. Um, and uh, so some places are hard to get permits uh, and some places are easier. Um, but we are aiming to just generally, we, we, we analyze the supercharger usage uh, every day, and, and we prioritize uh, supercharger locations according to where we see the greatest need. Um, with respect, <laughs> what, sorry, where? Well, you know, maybe we should do an online poll for where is it, where should we put supercharges? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Okay, we'll do that. Um, so, I mean, with respect to amenities uh, for, with, with supercharges, I think. Um, We'll do a couple of just fun, fun things. Like we're going to do a really fun supercharger location in LA, and the general vision is to have something that's like a futuristic, uh, kind of like diner, sort of like I don't know, uh, Blade Runner meets Greece meets Jetsons. Yeah, uh, you know, something cool, different, and but with some style, and and uh, where, where you can you know get, you know. Uh, some great food, and the um, one in LA, we're, we're planning to have like th these big screens at the supercharger location, and the screens will uh, be aiming to show like the hundred, hundred greatest movie clips of all time, and so you can like, you know, have a cheeseburger and a charge your car and watch some cool stuff on the screen, um, and uh, it'll be open to others who are not, you know, you can come to the restaurant if, even if you don't own a Tesla. But it'll be like a, like a little gem, I think, there in, in, in L.A. And, and then depending on how that goes, we'll, you know, we might roll that out to a few other places. But we'll try to do interesting, fun things that are not necessarily economically sensible, but they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 4680, um, the... This is, a, this is not an easy one to answer. Um, we, we are making a decent number every week. Um, and I think we will be in high volume production by the end of this year. It's, it's always difficult to predict. This is because a lot of new technology. What's the slope of the S-curve on ramp? And except that I'm confident we will get to the, uh, you know, the, the high production rate uh, but it's probably uh, end of this year before we get confidently to a high production rate. Um, but, but this does not affect our vehicle output. We actually have uh, enough uh, supply from, uh, enough battery cell supply from suppliers to make one and a half million cars this year. 
So it's not a constraint on output, uh, it, it, but it, is, it will be important for next year. <laughs> and uh, new mass plan is not, not yet ready. Um, I don't know, maybe aim, aim to get it done this month. But like I said, it's going to be just uh, looking at the big picture. What does it take to make Earth uh, fully self-sustaining from an energy standpoint? And uh, yeah, just map it out and say this is, this is what needs to be done. Tesla will try to be as useful as possible in this regard, and, and hopefully uh, lots of other companies can join in and, and help accelerate the sustainable energy revolution. <laughs> so. <laughs> With peak inflation behind us. So the inflation question is, is interesting because we, we do get a fair bit of insight into where prices of things are going over time. Um, because when you're making millions of cars, uh, you have to um, purchase commodities many months in advance of when they're needed. Like, so you need to tell, because it's a very long supply chain with a tremendous amount of inertia. So we, we sort of have some insight into uh, where prices are headed over time. And the interesting thing that we're seeing now is that uh, most of our commodities, most of the things that go into a Tesla, not all, but I don't know, more, more than half, the prices are trending down in six months, six months from now. Now this could change, obviously, but, but the trend is down, which suggests that uh, we are past peak inflation. Um, now making macroeconomic uh, prognostications is, uh, you know, rest before disaster, but uh, my guess is that we're past peak inflation um, and that we will see, we will have a recession. I think it will be a, a relatively mild recession, sort of, uh, I'm just guessing here. This is total uh, speculation. Um, but I would guess it's a, it's a, you know, mild recession for, I don't know, 18 months or something like that. Um, it would be my best guess right now. Um, it, we don't have fundamental capital misallocations in the, in the US as we have had in the past, like in leading up to 2008, where we were building primary housing units at twice the rate of, of household formation, which obviously doesn't make sense. Um, and there were a lot of companies that were over levered. The, the, the leverage or, or, or debt that companies have right now is relatively low. Um, so, yeah, I would say probably, you know, mild, moderate recession, maybe 18 months-ish. Um, and, um, and, and I think we, I think inflation is going to drop uh, rapidly. That's my guess. I don't know, what, what do you guys think? <laughs> it's like, it's not, it's not about right? Okay. Great. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, the, the Tesla robot essentially changing the economy. Like, how can we base an economy on automation, AI? With the full self-driving that's being implemented, you're going to have a full fleet of vehicles that can drive themselves. You'll have these robots that can go and get into your vehicle and, and place things. Will you be moving to a, a, a rental model, or, or how will you base a Tesla model on selling cars whenever these cars are fully automated, can drive wherever they would like, and 
hopefully would be uh, applicable to having multiple people use the vehicle instead of just one person. Yeah, so it's interesting to think about an autonomous car because you know, when you drive around, look at, you know, look at how many cars are parked. Like they're just parking lots full of cars everywhere uh, because cars need a driver and so most of the time they're doing nothing. Um, you know, typically a passenger car is gonna be like 12 hours a week or something like that of usage. Um, now if it's autonomous, maybe it can get to 50 or 60 hours of usage. Then that's sort of, you know, four or five time, four, four or five fold improvements in the utility of a car. But the interesting thing is that the car still costs the same. So in that scenario, at least for some period of time, the, the effective gross margin on an autonomous car is kind of boggles the mind. Um, so in, in terms of how the cars will be operated, I mean, I think it would be, you know, just um, you'd have the option of, of, of owning a car, uh, using a car just occasionally when you need it, like an auto, auto Uber or something like that. Um, and there would be people, and then an owner of a car could decide that they want to use their car or they want to add or subtract it to the fleet. Um, so I think it would end up being some kind of combination of like Airbnb and Uber or something like that. You know, so sometimes you, you know, you can go all the way from owning it to renting it sometimes to renting it a lot to completely renting it. Um, but the, but the, the, the utility of the car will just be mind-blowingly great. And then, like I said, Optimus will, will really bring the future to now. So... <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe you could rent Optimus hourly. Um, yeah. um, I mean, assuming we get all these things, we do all these things, I think probably Tesla will be the most valuable company in the world. So. Elon, hi. Um, we all know how the media treats you. Um, so well. Yeah. So I don't have a question for you today. Um, I just want to say on behalf of my six-year-old at home, Kyler Scott, that's watching right now, who thinks you're awesome as well, thank you for making the world a better place. <laughs> thank you. Love you guys. I, I, I mean, I just like to say th thank, thank you for helping make it happen. Um, yeah, because w with, without without the without you, without the early adopters of uh, electric vehicles and sort of full self-driving, Tesla would not be where it is today. So thank you for your support. Sure. Uh, what a presentation! Uh, thank you, Tesla team. It's an honor to be a stockholder.
Elon, I brought you the final checkpoint for SpaceX, a mini moon. Maybe little X can play with it. My name is David Guajardo. I'm a former Brownsville resident. My first suggestion is to add a new string mode option where the driver can select lazy mode and have the software accommodate between comfort, standard, and sport modes, depending on the speed the car is going. This will increase handling and safety. Second, when, the, when disengaging autopilot with the wheel, the accelerator stays on. Please fix it. Last one. Weeks ago, talking to Mr. Sam Patel at Starbase, I told him that the team should add a tab in the SpaceX website and disclose what type of skills and preparation are going to be needed from us to accomplish the greatest adventure ever, ever in human history, going to Mars. All right, well, th th thanks for the suggestions. Those, those are good suggestions, thank you. All right, uh, sure. Hi, so I do actually have a question, <laughs> but one thing <laughs> that I want to, okay. to ask is, like, People ask you all the questions. What do you think people miss and should be excited way more about? And what do you think people are fretting way too much about and shouldn't be worried at all? Yeah, that's actually that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I think actually the, the questions uh, and ideas posed by uh, uh, retail investors, like small retail investors, like I think many of you in the audience, are actually the most insightful. Um, and it's, I find it remarkable that, um, you know, essentially amateur, like normal everyday people actually <laughs> understand Tesla better than the analysts. I mean, I must, you must see this as like, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> And, and I mean, think like you know to really say like well, like what's what's the, what's the point of a, co a company is the point of a company is to create useful products and services. You know, a company is not should not exist in and of itself. It exists. It's 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 a group of people gathered together to make uh, products and services. And if those products and services are great, it's a valuable and useful company. And if they're not, it's there's not. And so, really, to understand a company, you must use its products. And if you think the products are great, then it's well. The company's great. That's it. That, that, that's how it is. Um, and so I, I think, ironically, a lot of the peop people that, that are sort of professional analysts don't drive Teslas. So I'm like, well, okay, you know, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, we, I mean, we aim to have, make Tesla the most amount of fun you can have in a car, you know? So, um, yeah, so let's see. So I, so I think that, that there are a lot of, really good and insightful ideas um, that, that I see uh, on the internet, on Twitter and whatnot. And, um, oh yeah, Twitter. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so let's see. Um, I think sometimes people fret a bit too much about uh, short-term things, that w which are clearly just, um, you know, just bumps in the road type of thing, uh, where there might be a supplier shortage or, a, you know, some shutdown in some part of the world. Um, but, um, but, but really, those things are, you know, are, are clearly just kind of one-off items and don't really matter for the long term. Um, the, the, the sort of, the, you know, the, the, 
the trend, if you like looking at the sort of cumulative output and cumulative miles driven, um, and you can see that that cumulative output is a very clean exponential. Um, and it's, so, you know, so, so I guess sometimes people fret a little bit too much about this quarter or that quarter. But, um, you know, if you're a shareholder, a company is really like the net present value of future cash flows. And so what is a, you know, a, a one quarter is not really a big deal. Um, I, I think if you see people panicking, then instead of saying, oh, man, my stock's gone down, this is a buying opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, hi, Elon. Thanks for the meeting. Uh, I became a Marine because I want to help protect your future base on Mars. My friends and I are trained, and we're, we support the mission. Would you be open to this idea? Yeah, Space Marines, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Elon. A lot of Tesla's products today focus on electrical energy for sustainable future. Do you foresee uh, Tesla perhaps exploring thermal energy sustainable products other than HVAC? Like say, for example, in this gigafactory, taking the residual heat from the gigapresses and applying them to say the drying ovens in your paint line. Um, yeah, I think um, get, getting um, dual use of like, if, if you use electricity to do something and then it generates heat and then you transporting that heat elsewhere within the factory, it's, it's, it's probably a good idea to, to do that actually. Um, it, it, it is a an, an, sort of, I would say a future optimization, but, but it is probably something worth doing in the factory. And it is something we do in the car. So in the car, we carefully manage uh, the, the electrical and the thermal energy. And so like one of the ways that uh, we achieve a, a long range in cold weather is uh, by both charging the pack and heating the pack. And then the pack acts as a, both an electrical and a thermal reservoir to achieve long range even in very cold climates. Um, and so we're constantly within the car shuttling uh, heat back and forth between motor driver, motor power electronics, pack, and the cabin volume. So that same concept should be applied to, to factory, I agree. Yeah. Elon, what's up, man? Uh, my name is Justin. Some know me as SMD Capital on Twitter. Um, I've, I had the number one voted question last earnings about scaling to extreme size. I have another big question I think a lot of people would want to know. Uh, in regards to when would Tesla launch their first pilot city for the Tesla network, the robo-taxi business? <laughs> um, well, you see, I think it, it, it's actually going to be probably um, much more widespread than that because uh, Tesla is, is developing a general solution for self-driving, um, and it's not really specific to uh, one city or location. Now, there's different regulatory requirements in, in various cities and states. So some locations will pr uh, pr offer regulatory approval sooner than others, but, um, but we are aiming for a general solution. Um, and um, in, in fact, <laughs> if, if, you, if you created a sort of a, a randomly generated alternate Earth, our system would still work. Like literally, you know, like you had some sort of computer-generated 
Earth uh, that you know obeyed roughly the same rules as current Earth. Uh, our system is sufficiently generalized that it would work in uh, you know, a computer-generated alternate Earth. Um, so, yeah. Um, so anyway. So. <laughs> So um, I'm Gary Black, managing partner of the Future Fund. Tesla's our largest position. Probably the thing we worry about most, it's not, not PR, but it's, um, <laughs> it's succession. So, you know, key man risk is a big thing. How, do, how does the board think about your succession? And especially when you have, you know, a judge is going to decide in a couple months whether or not you have to take over Twitter. How would you split your time? <laughs> Um, well, I think you know, Tesla is definitely gathering a lot of momentum, and we have a very exciting product roadmap uh, that will last a long time. Um, so, now obviously, execution against the, that roadmap is is difficult because these are not simple products; they're not copies of what anyone else is doing. They're new things. Um, so, but I intend to stay with Tesla as long as I can be useful. Um, and, um, you know, I can be most useful, I think, on the product design and, and manufacturing, so basically factory design, product design, um, and uh, sort of manufacturing optimization. So, um, and we, we do have a very talented team here, so I think, uh, I think Tesla, you know, would continue to do very well even if uh, I was kidnapped by aliens. <laughs> oh, well, went, went back to my home planet, maybe. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, um, but no, I, th I think it's it's a good question, and I, I, to be frank, I don't have a, an easy answer. Uh, open to ideas. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely working as hard as I can. And, um, and I'm very excited about the future of the company. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, got, a, it's got a very bright, very bright future, uh, even without me. Um, so, uh, and I'm, I'm not leaving, so uh, to be clear. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I obviously have to be a little careful about what I say with about Twitter because, uh, you know, there's this like lawsuit and stuff. Uh, so sometimes people get bent out of shape. Um, but I, I, I do use Twitter a lot, so it's not like I'm like randomly going around wanting to acquire companies or something. I'm not like a hedge fund. I'm not a hedge fund or a private equity firm or something. So, um, in fact, the, the only two. Uh, publicly traded securities I own on Tesla and Twitter. That's it. So, um, and I think in the case of Twitter, since I use it a lot, um, shoot myself in the foot a lot, you know, uh, dig my grave, etc. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's, I, I do understand the product quite well, so I think I've got a good sense of, of where, to, where to point the engineering team uh, Twitter to make it radically better. Um, and um, 
I, 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 do, I, I do sort of have a, a grander vision for what I thought X.com or X Corporation could have been back in the day. Um, it's, it's a pretty, pretty grand vision. And now obviously that could be started from scratch, or, but I think Twitter would help accelerate that by three to five years. Um, so it's kind of like something I, I thought would be quite useful for a long time. I know what to do. Don't, don't have to have Twitter for that, but it would, it's, like I said, it's probably at least a three-year accelerant. Um, and I think it's something that will be very useful to the world. So. How's it going, Elon? My name's Ronnie. And with the projected release of the RoboTaxi coming in the years ahead, uh, would it be looked at as a, the boring company? Would it be used to get regulation for full self-driving? And would it be a good venue for the RoboTaxi? Also, my little brother Zane says hi, owns all Tesla Hot Wheels. Okay, cool. Well, I said hi to him back. Um, so, yeah, Boring Company is <laughs> um, making good progress, actually. Uh, and, um, you know, for the longest time, people, like, I'd give a talk somewhere, and people would say, what, what are opportunities you know about? I was like, tunnels. And they'd be like, for, for five years, I said, if, if somebody could just do a tunneling company, we can solve traffic, um, and we could have also very high-speed transport between cities. Because while I, I'm a fan of trains, I like high-speed trains. They do they do intersect the, the you know go, go through towns and neighborhoods and chop people's property in half, and they're very loud. So, um, but I want to be clear: I'm pro-train. For those of the train people, you know, um, I take every opportunity to drive to go on interesting trains. Um, so, but, the, but, but, the, but if you have a sort of a much simplified version of the Hyperloop, if really just Tesla's in a tunnel that's depressurized, uh, you can go between cities super fast um, and without disrupting the stuff above ground. Um, so that's kind of the vision for the Boring Company is to uh, make, make roads 3D and have sort of an arbitrary uh, an arbitrary number of layers of roads. Um, and I think you can solve essentially any traffic problem in any city if you go 3D with, uh, with, with tunnels, so multiple layers of tunnels going from, you know, connecting the, the city. And you can also turn a lot of the streets into parks because you won't need them any, you won't need to have cars in the roads, you won't need parking. Um, so I think Boring Company, I think, is capable of much more transformation than it may seem. Um, and we, we actually have an operational tunnel in Vegas right now. So, yeah, if you, if you go to Vegas, uh, go to Resorts World, and you can hop in the tunnel and, and go to the convention center, and like, yeah, <laughs> and you can pay in Doge. <laughs> exactly. I'm doing what I can to support Doge. <laughs> so. Um, so, but, yeah. I think I think Boring Company is going to do some pretty interesting things in the years to come. So let's see. Uh, good afternoon, Elon. Um, I think many people share my experience. I gave you, and or at least Tesla, my complete family's legacy because I believed in it. And thank you for you and your company outperforming. I think you saved a lot of us. Thank you. Yeah.
Okay. So my question is this. Uh, commercial aircraft have something called ACAS, where aircraft relay telemetry of their position between one another to prevent a collision. Yeah, sometimes too much telemetry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so taking this to a higher level, do you see Teslas communicating with one another, with one another and Dojo turning into some kind of ultimate air traffic control for Tesla supply chains and robo-taxi. Thank Ooh. you. Actually, that's an interesting idea. I haven't thought about that. Um, I mean, right now, our goal with Dojo is just to be really good at video training. Um, so we, we actually already have, I think, the, maybe the fourth and maybe approaching the third uh, most powerful computing uh, center in the world for, for uh, AI training. Um, yeah, I think it might be third at this point which obviously uses just an enormous number of GPUs and stuff. So, um, so our, our, our first goal with, with Dojo is to make it competitive uh, and, and, and be, be more effective at neural net training than uh, a whole bunch of GPUs. Um, and uh, we might, you know, might get there soonish. Um, and, and then, of course, it can be used for many other uh, neural net training tasks. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a fundamentally, it's a computer designed from the ground up to be optimized for neural net training, which, which really no computer has, no, that's never been done before. Um, and yeah, so, and, and then maybe it'll do just traffic control. I haven't really thought of that. Um, the the Tesla's probably, there will be some merits to communicating, for, for Tesla's to communicate to each other, but, but that won't be needed for full self-driving at all. Um, and for, for, long, for a long time, the, the vast majority of, the, of cars on the road will be manually driven. So the, the value of Tesla to Tesla communication is, is not that high, except for perhaps communicating uh, traffic issues uh, or you know, accidents, potholes, uh, things that may be helpful to um, road closures and that kind of thing. Um, so it's like you're getting real-time, a Tesla ahead of you has got, seen a road closure, and you get that real-time updated to your car so you don't get stuck in the road closure situation. Um, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think we, we, we definitely, we are, we are working on right now. So, all right. All right, we have one last question, um, and it's yours. Thank you very much. Hello, Elon. Hey. Uh, simply, I would just like to say thank you for everything you've done for Earth and the community and everything you've done. I have one question, and aside from working for Tesla, being a shareholder, or purchasing a Tesla, how can the masses help uh, push your vision? All right, well, I think just generally, um, you know, encouraging sustainable energy uh, and being supportive of that, I think is, is really helpful. Um, so, uh, but I, I, I say, you're, you're doing great so far. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like I said, without your support, we, we, Tesla wouldn't be where it is. So it's people like yourself and, and everyone in this room and out there, um, and the three million people who have bought our cars, uh, and the, the, the millions who have gotten solar, and, uh, you know, that's all, that all really helps, uh, you know, make the world a better, better place for the future. Um, and and I'd, I'd say, like, it definitely, uh, I'd like to sort of convey a, a message of, of optimism about the future. Um, and, like, if we, if we work you know, really hard to accelerate sustainable energy, sustainable transport. Uh, the future will be good, you know, it's, and, and I think just, just make sure people know that. Like, and I'm, I, I'm not suggesting complacency at all. 
Uh, I'm, I'm literally saying, if we work hard towards a sustainable future, we will achieve it. Um, and, and the future was bright. So. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Is that it? Are we done? <clears throat> I think we're done, y'all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 3,400 viewers. Thank you all very much for sticking with us through that whole uh, meeting. I will um, share my notes with everybody so you guys can see all the notes that I took. Okay. There we go. Okay, so let's do a quick recap of the discussion. And then as we go through the recap, um, sort of you guys bring up uh, some of the thoughts uh, that you had based on what was mentioned. Uh, there were some interesting tidbits in there for sure that, that were dropped. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Uh, quite a bit of uh, sort of the same messaging, but there were a couple of things that were very interesting that I think uh, will come up as natural discussion points. And of course, people in the chat definitely um, also, let us know what you found to be interesting about the the meeting, and then we'll we'll go through and uh, and get this done. Uh, somebody asked, "How's my hand, Farzad? My hand's great. I play World of Warcraft, bro. This is where I got my typing speed from. I'm good. Um, okay. And then, Mike, I'm assuming you're putting together some of the data sets that that came through the uh, the prediction stuff, right? And then we, we can do that after yeah. we recap the notes. Perfect. Yeah, just in a few minutes. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So. Uh, how many pages of notes do I have? One, two, three, four, four pages of notes. So lots of stuff to cover here, but we'll do that definitely. Uh, there's a lot of questions around the split and the comments. Uh, from what I, at least from what I saw, uh, the, the split one wasn't a uh, one that was, um, um, oh yeah, so here we go. It, I don't think there was any issue with it. I just think they're, they're gonna have their results in the next 40s because they had like something about not enough uh, total votes were casted for them to report on right away. But it did seem like a huge majority of the percentage of the uh, shareholders voted yes. So we just need confirmation from the company shortly. So I know that's one of the big ones that was asked uh, by the people. Uh, from the voting discussion, I don't really, uh, oh, sorry, from the Robin DeLome discussion at the very beginning. So Rob, Robin is the, uh, the chairwoman of the board. Um, one of the interesting comments that was made was that uh, there was a restatement of 20 million cars by 2030. Uh, I'm a, and the 20 million cars is going to be the run rate exiting, I'm assuming, at the end of 2030. So that was a restatement from the head of the board. So that was an interesting call out from that, uh, from that point. Uh, June was the highest production month in history. So that would have been, uh, what, two months ago now-ish, uh, about a month and a half. Um, the goal is to have all factories carbon neutral. They want to leverage AI to lower energy consumption. And uh, lots of talk of moving the company towards a greener, more sustainable future. Uh, highlighting vertical integration and Tesla building everything from scratch. So that's, again, one of the core competencies of Tesla. The, the chairwoman of the board made that um, uh, sort of made that known. And um, new shareholder platform, more updates in the near future uh, about this. 
Uh, Mike or Ishan, anything from there that you guys wanted to highlight or anybody in the comments? I don't think there was really any surprises there outside of, it wasn't really a surprise, but again, again a reinforcement that we're going to get to 20 million cars run rate by 2030. Um, any other call outs? No. No? No, I think, uh, yeah, Robbins was fairly standard. Yeah. Then uh, we had, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead, Ishan. No, yeah. Uh, uh, the votes. Yeah, I, I do have a thought to share on the words, but yeah, go ahead, Parsa. No, please go. Go ahead. Yeah, so here's the thing about, uh, you know, I think uh, three, four, or maybe five of the proposals uh, touched upon racism, touched upon, you know, some of these. So this is one thing that people from my part of the world do not understand. Is okay. what is what is with um, you know that you need to have X percentage of your you know whatever group of people as diverse, right? Um, isn't the fact that the best person for the job should do the job regardless of age, gender, blah blah blah, versus? you necessarily need to have a specific mix leading to perhaps uh, a less optimal mix of people for the job. I mean, which one yep. would you want? And I don't get it it's, why people tend towards the latter. Yeah, the the it's a very controversial topic right now in the States for sure. Um, I would I would definitely agree with you that the way I view it is that there should be a every every job that should ever be held by anybody should be held on merit, which, in my opinion, is 100 percent the most inclusive way of making a uh, company be as diverse as humanly possible. There is an argument out there that says that because your um, because your population in the in the country has a certain percentage of different minorities. And if there's a company out there that doesn't reflect that percentage, that it's somehow uh, it infers that the company is not doing enough to ensure that there is fair, inclusive, inclusiveness, inclusive, uh, I don't know, inclusiveness of those uh, minorities in their company. So that's sort of the thought process behind it. But I do think the, um, the, the execution of it oftentimes, in my opinion, it, and again, I don't want to stick on this point for too long because we have a lot to go through, but uh some it, it oftentimes is misexecuted on and it ends up harming the company more than helping. Um, and those people that are involved in that as well. But I sort of leave it at that. Um, and I'm 100% with you. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's a very interesting yeah. dynamic and it's taking hold of a lot of uh, politics and work culture for just sure. It's so tiring to hear the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty fascinating stuff. Okay, and now we get to uh, Elon speaking. So uh, here we go. So 2 million run rate by end of year 2022, uh, which is exiting the year at, at 2 million, aiming for 1.5 million or thereof by, by the uh, year and produced was a call out. He called out the 3 millionth car built a few weeks ago uh, in Tesla that was built. The vehicle fleet is growing exponentially. He called it the cleanest exponential line he could see uh, out there. Uh, there. Elon was super loose in this meeting. He was in a very good mood. And there I say, he looked good. He looked, he looked healthy. He looked, he looked much healthier than he has been. He, he didn't look tired to me. 
Uh, he seemed full of energy. Who knows what he's on? <laughs> but uh, he <laughs> looked that good. Vacation he looked, yeah, that vacation worked. He looked a little bit tanner. He wasn't like, uh, you know, he wasn't the, the skin tone that he was in Greece. He looked, it looked like he picked, he picked up a little bit of color. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was an interesting sort of a thing to see. And it's good to see him looking, um, looking healthier. I think, I think that's a good sign for, for the company and for him, obviously, as a person. Uh, so that was, that was very interesting to see. Um, Elon is very comfortable about large profitability in the coming quarters. He sort of had a little nudge thing that he said, oh, look, and you know, I think this is, we're going to have much better cash flow here in the, in the future as well. And the crowd cheered. So that was, a, again, reaffirmation that Tesla is on the path of making a ton of money. Uh, solving autonomy will be amplification of free cash flow that could be crazy. So he sort of iterated this. And then he started talking about 10.13 a little bit in Chuck Cook's left turn. Uh, significant architectural improvements. Um, and then he said it's almost, uh, it could be, oh, what, 10.69, jokingly, he said, and that it could be uh, categorized as. But they, it does seem like they've made a lot of changes. It's not just a complex le left turn change. But uh, one of the comments was that Elon is conf with 90%. They have 90% success rate with Chuck Cook's left turn with 10.13, and they're trying to get to 100%. And then within sort of the same framework, he started teasing AI Day, which is in about a month uh, and uh, about two months, call it. So that was interesting. Uh, any additional comments there for 10.13? I thought that was kind of interesting, but I don't know if there's, there's something I missed. Any, any comments there? No? Okay. Um, best in class operating margin at 15%, higher than any other competitor. Uh, software in the car and, and uh, software in car and software. What the hell did I just write? Software in car and in factory. Yeah, that's what I meant. Are both huge, huge focuses. So Tesla is not just a hardware company. They're going to focus on software for both the car and the factory. Uh, and then he sort of made a dig saying that, hey, you know, we're really the only ones that are doing this. None of the uh, legacy automakers are doing this, which was uh, which was sort of a poke at everybody else. Uh, as manufacturers advertise their EVs, Tesla sales go up. Recalls the transition of OEMs to EVs was hard, but now everybody's on board. But every time they advertise, Tesla sales go up. So it's kind of a Tesla gets the win from that. So that a reaffirmation of that, which I think is super interesting. And for people, for bears and people that say competition is coming, every time competition comes out and advertises EVs, Tesla sales go up. Whoops. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing to think about. Uh, Tesla Model Y tracking to be the highest selling car by revenue in 2022, high selling by unit volume in 2023. So that was another reaffirmation of that. I think Elon did mention this previously. Uh, he teased a new Gigafactory location being announced later this year. And he shouted out to the uh, crowd and asked them where they think it should be. And there was a, a mess of people shouting back. But uh, there was definitely a tease. So expect a new Gigafactory being released this year at some point. Um, uh, he thinks there'll be about 10 to 12 gigafactories uh, will be built and about 1.5 to 2 million of these, uh, each one of these factories will generate about 1.5 to 2 million units per factory. Uh, Fremont is the highest output factory in North America and Shanghai is hard to beat and he called them out as being an awesome team. So he's been super, super um, complimentary of the Chinese team. Uh, if you add up all the energy produced by Tesla solar panels in the last 10 years, it's more energy than manufacturing all Tesla cars and charging all Tesla cars. So that's actually a very interesting uh, bullet point there. So essentially, you think about all the energy that Tesla put in to make the cars and charge them through the life of the cars. Tesla has been able to basically take that energy, equivalent energy from the sun 
as well, which in a way it's kind of like an offset if you really think about it. So that was a very interesting point there. Um, Tesla is already recycling about 50 battery packs per week and they're not doing any more because there just aren't that many battery packs to recycle. And then he teased Master Plan Part, Master Plan Part 3, but he didn't unveil it, which bummed me out because I thought I was pretty confident he was going to talk about Master Plan Part 3 here, but oh well, I got it wrong. Uh, fundamentally about scaling, what are the things that are needed to achieve a fully sustainable economy? Earth can and will be saved. He sort of said around, hey, we need to get to a sustainable economy, a sustainable future. We need Master Plan Part 3, and he's confident that we'll get there. Uh, Giga casting removes 170 pieces, 1600 wilds. We knew that. Model Y uses 30% of the robots from model, of Model 3. That was sort of a reaffir uh, reaffirmed the the deck that was unveiled for Q2. The reiteration that Tesla's true differentiator versus other 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 automakers is manufacturing will be the hardest to replicate. Will be hardest to replicate Tesla's manufacturing technology long term. So the the, the thought process here is is this, it's not the it's not the cars that are the true differentiator it's how they build the cars that's going to be the true differentiator which talks about scale which talks about profitability uh smartest engineers in the world are looking to work at tesla and spacex we knew that people can work between spacex and tesla if they'd like uh, uh i knew that but i wasn't sure if you knew that <laughs> so now you know that uh 26 uh improvement in safety uh ever since they they're really in the factories excuse me and tesla likely has the highest safety of any auto plant in the u.s and uh, superchargers are up 99.96% of the time. And I thought this was a very interesting line that they dropped. Because if you really think about the competing charging networks out there and how Jim Farley from Ford came on Monroe and said how one of the key things for Ford to focus on is charging and the charging infrastructure. Tesla just came out and said, we have zero problems with charging. Just buy our car, buy our car. And I think this is a way for Tesla to set the stage to become one of the primary charging point uh, providers in the coming years. I think this slide is sort of a prepping the public to let them know our stuff works always and we're gonna allow everybody to use it, but they need a lot more charge points to do that. Uh, so I thought that was a very interesting line that they dropped and it points to something in the future. Can I, can I say, he, already, he also said uh, we're doubling superchargers every year, which I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, I thought last year wasn't, was only like a 20 or 30% increase. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, he did drop that, and that that was interesting. So maybe, uh, maybe he, he means that like that's the down. plan from now on. I don't. I don't really know. That's what I took it as. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost gave away a supercharger detail. Cool stuff happening that he doesn't want to give away. Oh yeah, double supercharging count every year. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. That's exactly where he said it. Sorry. Um, Lowest probability of injury of any car. We already know the seatbelt pretension or all that good stuff. FSD beta growing very rapidly. It's going to be very exponential in miles driven, 40 million miles driven so far. By the end of the year, he expects to be over 100 million and tracking to have widespread deployment of full self-driving beta in North America. AI Day Part 2, uh, for again, another sneak peek, September 30th, 22. Thinks people will be blown away. Uh, there was a picture of robotic hands making a heart. So I'm curious, is that the actual picture of what the bot's going to look like from a hand's perspective? Because you can see like there were intricacies to ensure that the digits could move and stuff. Uh, so that was interesting. And then uh, he mentioned that he's surprised that analysts uh, were not are not understanding the importance of Optimus robot. And Optimus will be more valuable than the car long term. And he's talked about this. It will, it will turn the notion of what is an economy on its head. He said this before. And then there was a sl uh, slide talking about the next decade. Elon is wondering how many cars Tesla will have in 10 years. 100 million cars in 10 years is likely. 
is what Elon said. There will be many other products that are not not announced, and some of which we haven't heard about. Some of which some of which we've heard about. Some of which we haven't. So that was interesting. Um, so before we get into uh, recapping Q and A, did you guys, Mike or uh, Ishan, had any additional comments or anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I'm surprised that Elon is surprised that analysts don't understand. I mean, <laughs> you think by now on, he would that, be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, yeah. Elon, you're smart. Learn. <laughs> Mike, any any thoughts there? Um, I I loved I loved that Elon really enjoyed the crowd. The crowd enjoyed Elon, um, and. That, that was a cool aspect of it. He, yeah. Yeah. I, I love how upbeat he was. That was so super cool to see. And the crowd was fully behind him too. It was awesome. And then we went into the Q&A. Oh, Hans is back. Hans, outdoor hey. Hans. What's up? Yes. <clears throat> so I've been, yeah, I've been listening in. The one thing that jumped out at me on the call, and this might be a little bit of a crazy conspiracy theory, but he talked about how if there was a superset like of the world like a crazy simulation of the world. Oh yeah. It yeah. was different. <clears throat> yeah. That struck me <laughs> as like the actual simulated world that they're operating inside mm, of that's, Dojo or yeah. you know, whether it's the GPU cluster, or Dojo still remains to be seen. Um but yeah, that was kind of a weird one that I, I saw that I thought was interesting. That's interesting. Okay, hot take uh, yeah, yeah. Elon's not an alien. He's from a different dimension. And Gojo is building the portal to the other dimension. The other. Nice. He's like, that's he's like, funny. would FSD beta work in my dimension? Yeah. <laughs> or no, perhaps that's, that's it works. Hans. And he yeah. needs it to work here. Mm-hmm. Because humans can't yeah. drive into the other dimension. No, I, I 100% agree, though, that they do have a simulated, like, random like a like a procedurally generated kind of like mm-hmm. minecraft worlds or something and it's just like a world of roads and it's like okay these are very different roads we can skate yeah. we can toggle it and make it very weird mm-hmm. and it still drives fine good like they can yeah. automatically test that no no i think somebody actually uh did say that i, I think it was either in ai day or in one of the or battery day no not battery day but uh, in one of uh, earlier presentations they actually talked about uh, the entire simulated world that they create in order to test scenarios right so that they don't like whenever yeah. they don't have enough data yes yeah. mm-hmm. they actually have a simulated yeah. world yeah they have yeah. yeah well there was a conversation between Tesla Herbert and um I can't remember who the other the guest was that he had on that has been like an early an early seed stage investor in a lot of things who's good friends with um, Jason Calacanis. And um, he talked about this exact thing that, you know, there, there is the simulated world and they're doing all this stuff and it's operating on the, the Tesla cloud that's operating up in Washington, um, which I assume is a GPU cluster. He called it Dojo, but I, I'm not sure that it is. Um, it's way too close to Amazon. Yeah. Um, so all right, is... I'm going to get to the... Sorry, go ahead, Ishan. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I think uh, I'll, I'll ask this question. It was part of the Q&A, so why don't we go okay. to that section? And I'll ask. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to start going through the Q&A. If you have something to add, just uh, jump in. 
and I'll, uh, I'll give you the mic. So these are the Q&As from the say.com platform. So how does Tesla intend to use cash in the common years? Elon said, if there's any, if there's interesting companies out there like manufacturing automation, software, AI, or manufacturing tech, Tesla will acquire them, but uh, their acquisitions are rare. They will increase CapEx and R&D and are spending it as fast as they can without wasting it. Uh, and then depending on future cash flow, a share buyback is possible, which was a very interesting comment. And they want to make sure Tesla has plenty of capital, uh, relatively stable world, and has good future cash flows in order to execute this. So that was an interesting one to hear. Elon, I think for the first time ever, has floated the idea of Tesla doing uh, a, a share buyback. Yeah. Which um, yeah. should blew yeah. my mind. Yeah, same, honestly. I, I, I was surprised he even came out and said that. At some point, I'm going to want to ask, like, if certain things were like on the fence, whether it happened or not. And so to score our, our survey results, I want to touch base on that. Okay, no problem. Uh, do you, do you want to, yeah. Okay. So we, I mean, we can do that. We can do that before. Is that a quick thing we can do we like can do before it. we show the we results do it right before the results or we can do it like kind of yeah. as I think about it, as we're talking, I don't know. Let's just do it at the end. Let's do it right, right yeah. after. Yeah. Let's do that. If that's okay. Um, but thank you for asking. How many factories necessary for roughly 20 million vehicles, roughly 12 total, aiming for 1.5 to 2 million units per factory. Fremont is already full capped at roughly 800,000 per year. But as we know, it's the largest, I think it's the most, uh, it's producing the most units uh, out of any factory out there uh, in the United States, excuse me. Will Cybertruck pricing change? And so, Ishan, we got your answer, my friend. Uh, it was unveiled in 2019. A lot has changed. Specs and pricing will be different. Oh, speaking which was, of, uh, yeah. Speaking of the factory, they, I remember an old diagram of the Fremont factory where like things went from one place backwards and then forwards again. And then like it was all like, goes it goes back and forth like that. But like they, yeah. they showed the new map and it was just like this to here to here to here. It was like a lot more direct. And so I wonder if they yeah. changed that. No, I think, I think, uh, any, anything that's a gigafactory that's not Fremont, that's sort of that flow that they have in mind. It's just, I think they had a slide that showed that a couple of years ago, if I remember correctly. Um, I just, I, I think that they, or, ch they changed the diagram of Fremont um, to, and the arrows are more. Oh, they changed the now. Fremont diagram. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I mean, while I was there, maybe I should be talking about this. I'll shut up. <laughs> Let's okay. keep going. Uh, <laughs> will be one hell of a product. Uh, damn fine machine talking about Cybertruck. Uh, tracking to be in production uh, in the middle of 2023 in Giga Austin, which was a uh, re- uh, he sort of restated that, but here's what's interesting and new: production equipment for the Cybertruck will begin and will be begin to be installed. Installed. I, this grammar's so bad. Production equipment will begin to be installed. Equipment in the next couple of months. I'll fix that grammar in a second. But uh, uh, the machinery for Cybertruck will start arriving to Austin starting in a couple months, which yeah. uh, we'll start to get clues of that. I think with our friends that are flying the drones. So keep a lookout for that in the so, coming uh, days. So we already know that Idra has started packing the bigger gigagasting machine, which is, I guess, for the Cybertruck. And yes. they had mentioned a two odd month timeline to get it to the customer location and start in, you know, putting it back together. Yep. This was for, from yep. Sandy's uh, video. 
And this is sort of Tesla coming out and basically confirming exactly what you said that, yeah, that that's basically going to be exactly what we're going to be using for, for Cybertruck. So that's super exciting. I think the fact that equipment stock is going to start rolling into the factory here in the next couple months could be a catalyst for the stock in a way that shows that, dude, like Cybertruck's happening way, like it's happening. It's happening. And I don't think the world is ready uh, to see these uh, insane machines rolling around the street. So we're... In the next couple of months, the, I think the hype's going to start going through the roof for this thing because people they're just going to be like countdowns to the first Cybertruck being rolled out. Um, real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Drew. Drew, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Amazon has to be worried once Soldier comes online. AWS is the most profitable arm of Amazon. Software as a service will provide insane margins for Tesla along uh, bullish. Yeah, curious to see what sort of, uh, uh, in what sort of, box dojo is going to operate but the fact that tesla is really building out its computing uh sort of capabilities would lend itself to want to believe that hey this could be something for tesla to get into but perhaps not for a long long time plus um <laughs> those far as i have an only fans uh <laughs> none of you should not of course not dude what do you want to see there's nothing to see uh if anything, if I open to OnlyFans, I'm going to go to like zero subscribers in a second. How does uh, Tesla view the geopolitical risk between US and China? Elon hopes for peace and respect. And then the crowd forced him to skip the question, which was brilliant. And Elon listened. Thank God. So we got a very short answer from that from him, because I think if he would have said something more uh, complex, I think it would have thrown a wrench in there that I don't think people were prepared for. Uh, he wanted to say more. It was obviously wanted to say more, but he he moved on, thankfully. Uh, what is the real estate strategy for superchargers and Tesla restaurants? Tesla will install superchargers in place of greatest needs. Tesla will look to do an online poll in where they should put superchargers, vision for futuristic diner. So he's talked about this. Um, they they will look to do things that are cool, but not necessarily economically sensible, which was an interesting comment. So here's the thing. Um, this question really takes me back to what McDonald's is, right? McDonald's is not just a um, fast food chain, but it's a real estate behemoth. Mm -hmm. And most of the valuation that McDonald's has comes from not its food business, but from the value of the real estate that the food yes. business sits on. And uh, perhaps with a lot of cash that Tesla is generating is something that you know Tesla could do, you know, just buy the property on which the superchargers are perhaps parking lots or whatever. And then uh, in the future, not only will the value of this go up, uh, especially in the robotaxi world, or, you know, so these could be terminals where, you know, people are getting on and off uh, for point-to-point yeah. -point transport uh, hubs where, you know, you've got charging, diner, et cetera, et cetera. So think about, like this is another opportunity for Tesla to get into another really large uh, segment of business. Yes. So. It's a great thought and I agree a hundred percent. I think the fact that they're looking to invest in that um, short, sort of shows a glimpse into how Tesla can deploy that insane free cash flow in ways that maybe yeah. people are not thinking about. That's also a great point. Maybe they develop a style that they can then mm -hmm. sell to other another business, and they can like, you know, like franchise. Kind of, yeah, 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 for sure. 
who was great, great thought. Jack, thank you so much for the $10 super chat, man. Super appreciate it. I wish someone had asked if there was a plan to use the GigaPress for Tesla S, XS and 3 to lower cost to build and improve speed to manufacture. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think those will definitely be in play once they re rework the, the sort of the chassis. Because Model S and X, they would have to do a lot of work in the factory to make that happen. So that would mean the lines being down probably for, for a month or two at a time. For them maybe even longer to get there so i think it would that would be paired with sort of like a like a full refresh and given that fremont is full and snx are being built there that would mean moving the lines to a different place but they could start it from scratch in a place like austin potentially you know and then switch fremont over to something else so um yeah so far, I, I, that's a great uh, question jack but yeah Farza, i agree with you on model three but S and X mm -hmm. are not exactly high enough in volume to actually warrant uh, yeah, gigacast. That's fair. That's fair. For sure. That's uh, totally fair. When will a uh, forty-six eighty output match your original yield and velocity target? So here's a forty-six eighty question. Surprised that they didn't really touch on that on the slides, um, which tells me that it's a pain point right now. Because <laughs> usually companies don't want to put things they don't want to talk about on slides. Um, so interesting, interesting tidbit there. They're making a decent number every week, which is a very vague statement. <laughs> high volume production by the end of this year. Again, a vague statement. What does high high volume production mean? Uh, they have enough from suppliers to make 1.5 million cars this year. Important for next year to have 4680. So 4680 increasingly becomes a bigger risk factor for Tesla for 2023. The, the less information we get from Tesla that says we're confident that, that our unit production for 2023 is going to get hit. So uh, something to look out for is if 4680 language changes, say, by Q4 to 4680 is done and it's going to allow us to scale rapidly, then at that point, I'm going to say, okay, I'm confident 4680 is going well. But so far, it seems like we're getting some uh, some language that's that's tempering expectations uh, as as it comes to their um progress on 468 so interesting stuff so there. on this one on this yeah. one if we do a little bit of math uh elon mentioned that they have enough for 1.5 million cars this year and i believe they're going to probably do 1.3 to 1.4 right mm -hmm. if we assume that uh for 23 suppliers are able to increase supply by a mere 10 percent right mm. so they mm. have enough for uh, 1.7 million vehicles, right? What that means is for next year's 50% growth target to be hit, right? Uh, how much uh, batteries, you know, how much more battery capacity is required? It's probably worth 300 to 500,000 vehicles, which is mm -hmm. not that, mm -hmm. which is large, but not really, really large. Right, so it is, I think, a smaller risk that is being made out at this point in time. Okay. Um, but then the question becomes, do you think these suppliers have enough capacity to generate those additional, say, 500,000 units of uh, capacity? No, I'm just saying- some of them, it might be, yeah. I, I'm saying that uh, suppliers increase just 10% of their capacity from 1.5 to let's say you know 1.65 1.7 million vehicles worth 
that puts a shortfall of about 400 450000 vehicles right mm-hmm. that's that mm-hmm. is the volume that's required out of i see what you're saying 46 city right i see what you're saying which is a much smaller number compared to like the expectation of a million vehicles worth or one and a half million vehicles worth etc yeah i see what you're saying but i think then the question becomes uh what what is this like if you think about it from a stock like long term 100% agreed 100% agreed but i'm thinking like say q1 q2 quarterly performance how much of the market like a news coming out of saying hey of the 450 that 4680 is required to produce we think it's only going to produce 250 of that or 200 what kind of signal does that send to the market that's that's the only thing i would i yeah. would say is is a but i don't think the impact on Q1 and Q2 is going to be as high. Uh, the impact, whichever way it is, is going to be lopsided in the second half of 23, because I think that suppliers at their That's current the capacities will be. be yeah. Got it. Makes sense. No, I appreciate you walking through that. Thank you. Um, is a new master plan ready? Which is master plan part three. Uh, aim to get it done in August, and we'll focus on massive scale. So again. Uh, no surprises there but he'll try to finish it this this uh this month i was disappointed that he didn't talk about it in this meeting but i should have known better it is what it is uh with peak inflation behind us is there a chance for a recession in 2023 this was a, actually a super interesting comment uh and a super interesting question honestly and i'm i'm actually thankful that w- that was here uh tesla seeing most commodities more than 50% of their commodities prices trending down in the la- in, for the next 6 months suggests that we're past peak inflation Elon guesses we are past it. We will have a relatively mild recession, which is a guess that he made for 18 or so months. So it, it was sort of a statement that said we're past inflation, we think there's going to be a recession, but there's no fundamental capital misallocations in the US which points to mild recession, low debt from most businesses, which is another variable. So that was actually a very um I was actually a pretty um almost like a bullish not maybe recession is obviously bullish for no one, but Uh, a lot of people i think there was some some folks saying that hey we're going to go towards some place really bad with recession but elon has been decent pretty good actually at calling out macro things that have been happening and uh the fact that he's saying mild recession likely uh for 18 months and there's no fundamental capital misallocation in the economy that he thinks it's not really going to be a something that's going to shatter the economy i think points towards uh clear skies for a company like tesla to perform extremely well for the coming years. So that's that's very encouraging to hear. Um I don't know what I what that comment means, so I'm going to remove it. Um Oh yeah. no, he he so did say he did say he thinks that the inflation will will drop rapidly oh. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From a shareholder perspective, I think what this essentially means is uh getting into Q4 or i would say that in the impact will be felt in q4 where mm. the the cost of goods sold is going to actually reduce uh mm. will have much better margins uh it will just you know drop all the way down to earnings i believe uh so yeah yeah i think it's it's Good extremely call. bullish for you know earnings uh in q4 very true. Yeah, because they have all the 
all the all the pricing power from a few months ago built into that and they're going to True. be buying supply at a lower price yeah. than they would have today you're 100 yeah. percent right so you're going to have like this crazy um yeah the, the sort of like Gap. margin gain from the function of them trying to predict inflation in the future but if inflation is coming down relative to where they thought it was going to be that's all margin unless they decide to honor a lower price for the customer but at that point they're still going to make good margins it's just a question right of, i mean uh demand is not exactly reducing there is no way they will reduce yeah. the they price. They have no incentive to yeah. lower. Yeah. Great point. And then we went to our crowd Q&A. So this is where folks with a microphone ask questions. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and it usually is. <laughs> uh, will Tesla be moving to a rental model when cars are fully automated? And I don't think, so I don't think Elon really answered this question. So cars, or he kind of did, I guess. Cars need a driver. So Elon said cars need a driver. Most of the time they're doing nothing. 12 hours per week usage with current driver with autonomous could get to 50, 60 hours usage, which is roughly what? Three full days-ish roughly of um, of car utilization, which is a four or five X fold from current utilization. Uh, the, the economies of uh, sort of the, the, the craziness from an econo economic standpoint comes from the fact that the car still costs the same, but it's going to essentially do five times the work. So that 4x that it's going to be doing, it's essentially going to do, do it at, at a 100% at a margin. Think of it that way. Uh, in some period of time, the effective gross margin on an autonomous, on an autonomous car boggles the mind. There will be an option to own a car, use occasionally like, a, like an autonomous Uber, uh, and the owner of a car can decide to add or subtract to the fleet. It's going to be some sort of combination of Airbnb and Uber. Could rent Optimus out hourly as well. There was somebody like somebody shouted a question about that, which was interesting. And assuming Tesla does the above, Tesla will be the most valuable company in the world. And I feel like this is a gigantic uh, underselling <laughs> of what Tesla would actually be valued. So, uh, yeah. So I have a Good. question for yeah. the panel here. Okay. Uh, earlier, uh, I think Drew Saul mentioned how um, Tesla's dojo could potentially be as large as or even bigger than AWS. On the mm. other hand, if you look at um, autonomous, um, potentially van and Optimus working together, it might actually make for a much more efficient logistics business as well. A hundred percent. Right? So is Tesla the next, like, Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, think Why about it. Be? Amazon is two things, right? It's logistics and it's AWS, right? So you take yeah. a look at, you know, the value of Amazon and you try and roll up whatever, you know, fraction of it into Tesla, right? And the scale just, you know, it's, it's mind boggling and it's at a yeah. much better, uh, much better fulfillment rate, much better, uh, gross margins, net margins, I would say, for both of these businesses, like Amazon logistics is not profitable, right? But Tesla's right. would be because the biggest expense is fuel and labor, not there. Yeah. So, But then with the same token, though, Amazon could leverage Tesla technology to make their logistics much, 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 much cheaper to the point that their business becomes a lot more profitable, like actually becomes true, profitable, but, right? Yeah. I would say... Because they have the uh, why warehouses. Tesla do it? Yeah, that's true. 
But yeah, it's not I very mean, difficult to build warehouses. No, it's super easy. It's just a square. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a concrete square. Yeah. Now Tesla could come up with a way to like how to make uh, warehouses dense as humanly possible and fully automated, and that sort of like talks about their manufacturing expertise that they're sort of separating yeah. themselves with, right? Yeah. So like think about what does a manufacturer ex manufacturing expert mean? It means that you can make things that are better than anyone else, and that doesn't have to be necessarily for a, to build to build a car. Uh, now the question becomes: Does Tesla really want to take that on? And is that within the like, how does that help uh, drive the adoption of sustainable transport and energy generation? Then it becomes a question of does it fit within our mission statement, right? It's a, it's a bigger I'm goal, sure they I could guess. Do it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but it's an interesting thought. And, and I think that's how sort of Elon's comments about like retail investors understand the company better than analysts do. This is the sort of like, Okay, what are the implications of a company that is an expert manufacturer that literally has the cheapest logistics operation in the world with what you said, full self-driving vans, uh, bots that can deliver stuff at a fraction of a cost of what Don't Amazon Don't forget do. semis, electric semis. Semis, exactly. B boring tunnels to expedite uh, routes, you know? And even if- It's test, crazy. I got to put my headphones on because I can't hear anything right now. One second. All right, can can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I was gonna say, um, even if Tesla just decides we don't want to take on, you know, the Amazon type of business, um, they would they would either sell or rent their bots to Amazon, you know, and then mm -hmm. they'd make right. money that way. So either way, Tesla wins, yeah. and and uh, and either exactly. way, humanity is better off. So exactly, that's a great point. No, that that's a that's a very interesting thing, Ishan, too. It's like, I, I've thought about that before because, I mean, I worked in service distribution and I knew that Tesla was doing a lot of the stuff themselves. And I'm like, I, I would half-jokingly work with my like my partner there, my Greg, his name's Greg. Um, and we were like, why don't we just do what Amazon does? Like, we could totally do it. But it's like, it becomes a question of, okay, like, where is that in the priority of the, of the company? Stuff like that, but... Tesla can do whatever it wants. It, the question becomes, will they choose to do it? When you have the best talent, you can do whatever you want. And that's just the truth of it. That's just I the would truth probably of it. say, is yeah. or can Tesla do it a step function better than the best in the business today? Right. And that should be the justification. Yeah, and 100% agreed. The, part of the reason they have that talent is because of their mission. So if they stray from their mission, then maybe the, some of the talent might just leave or something. So that's something to consider. Perhaps. Or, or it could maximize, or I can make the pool be bigger if they oh, can maybe. retain their yeah. previous mission and make it, you know, maybe yeah. it's more. The mission is do everything perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who knows? A lot of potential, man. That's, that's what's crazy about this company is that there's so much freaking potential. It's unbelievable. Uh, person gives a shout out for me uh, to Elon for making the world a better yeah. place. Shout that out to awesome. that person. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Especially like uh, with the amount of hate Elon was getting, I'm sure that that oh, moved yeah. him for sure. You could see he he really appreciated that and he got understanding innovation. Uh, a dude came up and made a lot of good suggestions. Honestly, I I didn't catch him, so I you oh. can go back and look at him. One of the but, suggestions was when you turn the steering wheel and you're on autopilot. It turns on. It switches to traffic aware cruise control, and he wanted there to be an option where it just it just shifts off automation entirely, and goes yeah. to uh, manual driving. Okay, and then the other two, um, I don't remember. We'll leave blank. And yeah, but I, I yeah, good call on that. 
Uh, another question, what do you think people miss about asking about and what do people over ask? So that was sort of the premise of the question good was place. like, what are people not asking and what are people asking too much? Which was a really good question. Um, questions and ideas posed by retail investors are the most insightful. Elon finds it remarkable that normal everyday people understand Tesla better than the analysts, which we talked about briefly a little bit earlier. Uh, most professional analysts don't drive a Tesla, which he says could uh, impact their ability to truly understand the company. Uh, sometimes people fret too much about the short-term things, like supply shortages, shutdowns in part of the world. And then, and then he made a comment that said, if you see people panicking instead of, oh man, my stock's going down, it's a buying opportunity, which was, um, I think, a sort of a passive, almost like direct way of saying that Elon believes that the stock has much higher to go. So take it as you will. Um, so, yeah. quick question. Do you think we should do some sort of, a, I don't know, Wall Street uh, Tesla challenge or something, you know, on TikTok or something, where essentially if you're, a, if you're on the Wall Street, if you work on the Wall Street, you've got to take a Tesla out on Turo maybe for a week. Right yeah. and post it as a video. That's your challenge, okay. and then we'll <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Those people are not going to do anything like that. They have a. Uh, those guys are like working a hundred hours a week, freaking doing craziness. You can try. I mean, I I, I like the idea. I just I, I don't think you're going to get the enthusiasm from those people. There's a reason why they don't understand the companies because they choose not to invest the amount of time we do to really understand yeah. it. You know, unfortunately. Um, Elon endorses space Marines. So that was pretty cool. Somebody wanted to offer the ability for them to serve on Mars. And he's like, hell yeah, space Marines, let's go. Uh, do you foresee Tesla exploring thermal sustainable products? Uh, for example, residual heat from GigaPress, uh, which was an interesting question actually. And then Elon said, uh, getting dual use of electricity is a good idea, a future optimization, but it's something worth doing in the factory. It's done today in the car, long ranging cold weather electricity is used to charge car and heat the car. So sort of like a long-term optimization thing, but uh, as far as near term, not a huge, uh, not a huge uh, need because it is, it does take, I mean, it's gonna increase your efficiency, but it's not like a low hanging fruit, which is what I kind of took away from this comment. I uh, think uh, there are like a lot of places where ideas like this do get used, and I'm not talking about residual heat. Uh, it's, it's just about, uh, is there a better way to uh, hit the same end goal using lesser energy and a very simple, like, you know, very simple examples in cold, climates where you have space heaters, right? If you replace a space heater with like a electric blanket or, you know, that thing that you put on your mattress, you plug in, it reduces yeah. ele electricity consumption by 90, 95% and you still have a very similar effect yeah. overnight. And I think like on in a larger context, this is something that Tesla is already doing. And that is precisely how their energy consumption per, I would say, vehicle made or whatever unit energy consumption is uh, a lot less than a lot of other factors. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And the fact that they said that they're already sort of working on this and they're applying it to existing processes, I think is encouraging yeah. that they're going to ramp it up in the future. So, um, yeah, I agree there. 
when would uh, Tesla launch their first pilot city for the robotaxi business? Which I thought was an interesting question. And then Elon said, it's probably going to be much more widespread than that. So is that necessarily one city that's going to get the pilot that he thinks it's really going to apply everywhere? And that's where he made the comment about the uh, the alternate yeah, universe, Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, he, was, he also spoke about uh, like regulatory approvals here. And I think that's precisely true. You know, there'll be some cities... Perhaps, you know, some cities in Arizona, uh, you know, that that will allow robotaxis to go online faster. Yeah. Perhaps California will be slower, but then there are, you know, competing yeah. services. New York City will probably lost. last. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it'll be available to be turned on everywhere. But again, it goes back to who's going to allow, who's going to allow yeah. what, when. And then um, taxi unions, you know. Yeah, good luck with that. They'll have Uber a had a hell of a time in a lot of places. Oh yeah, do that. yeah. Um, this one, my boy Gary Black. He gets a lot of hate, but I love that man because he's not afraid to say what he thinks. Shout out Gary Black. You're always welcome, Gary Black. You want to be on the channel? Come on. Your friend Alexandra, she's awesome. Fan of the show. Uh, Gary Black asks Keyman about Keyman risk succession planning for Elon, which. Excellent question. And Elon's answer was very good. Uh, I thought Tesla is gathering a lot of momentum and they have an exciting product roadmap that will last a long time. They need to ensure that the company can execute, execute to get here. Elon intends to stay with Tesla as long as he can be useful. He sees himself being most useful in product design, factory design and manufacturing optimization, uh, all of which are roles that a CEO never does. FYI. Really? Just to throw that out there. Yeah, never. This is not what CEOs do. Uh, Tesla has a very talented team. Tesla would continue to do very well if Elon was captured by aliens, Elon said. So that that's basically, I mean, he has to say that, you know, he, he doesn't want to say, if I leave, it's going to be a problem. Of course, he's going to say that. And I, you know, I believe him. Uh, they'll definitely, there's definitely a chance that they'll do well. I don't know what the percentage is, especially now, but um, they could definitely do well. Open to ideas for succession planning and is excited about the future of the company, even without Elon. Uh, he sort of made a comment, like passively saying, you know, I'm still open to ideas about who to put in uh, put in charge. Uh, then I saw a lot of comments about Herbert Deese in the chat, which was uh, fascinating yeah. to watch, which I kind of agree with, to be completely honest. I think it would be a great add to that team. Uh, he re reiterated that he's not leaving because if there is even an inkling from this comment, that says in the public media that he's going to leave, then it's, you know what Wall Street Journal is going to be running in the morning, you know? So he uh, very, very smartly reiterated that he's not leaving. Elon says he understands Twitter. And then he went into Twitter, which I, I almost wanted him not to because I'm like, okay, like he, Gary made a very passive comment about Twitter and then Elon decided to talk about Twitter. But then he outlined, he outlined why he's getting into it. Elon says he understands Twitter quite well and has a grander vision for what he thought X.com could have been back in the day. So this is sort of like the Twitter is going, this whole Twitter thing goes back a long way. X.com, yeah. if you, for those that are not familiar, this is when essentially he, uh, around the time that he uh, uh, joined PayPal or pay, Confinity and X.com merged to become PayPal. This is what, 20 years, 25 years ago, um, something like that. So Elon has been thinking about a platform that he could uh, transform Twitter into for a long, long time, which uh, I think for me was the first time I really heard that 
that's said in that manner. So, which tells me that Elon is trying very hard to buy Twitter, like uh, really, really hard to buy Twitter, because he he, it, he I would think it was very sincere about why he wanted to buy it. Uh, and then he made a comment that said, could be started from scratch, but purchasing Twitter would help accelerate it by three to five years, which again, that is a lot of time. Yeah. When you think about yeah. software development, that's a lot of time. And, and that's probably fun. mostly due, exactly. And that's uh, mostly due, I think, probably to network effects, plus all the other underlying architecture you have to build. So, so Farzad, um, I, yeah. I think we should do a separate stream on what x.com could be you know, according to a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let me write that down. It's a really good idea. What is X.com? I mean, he's sort of given a clue before where he kind of sees like a WeChat competitor of sorts. Which is like US based. It's so many. It's an everything thing. Combined into one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hans is back. I think he wants to say something. I've had lots of things that I've wanted to jump in on, but um, (laughs) yeah, I, I think that you know, the comments that he made in the past regarding how the internet provides you a way to just do a, you know, a distributed or not a distributed ledger, just a ledger, an online ledger that is the system of money that allocates goods and resources to places. And so, you know, that's definitely part of his master plan. That was the first step of what he was building at x.com but he was not able to like we know that before he was pushed out like he had plans that people were just like no there's no way we can do that and that was one of the reasons why they didn't want him to be the ceo because they thought he was all crazy and so they put peter Thiel in instead um it's just real interesting to see him get to come back to that because you know the world could be a very different place today if that hadn't happened like he may never have started Tesla or SpaceX. He may still be the CEO of just X.com. And then, you know, these could have been side projects for him along the way, kind of like Neuralink and Boring Company are now. So, yeah, it, and the the three to five year remark about Twitter, that this is something that he planned. Basically, he's going to do this. And yeah. that Twitter would help speed it up. And I think that he's... He's basically evaluated Twitter as a possible tool to that end for a long time. And that's yeah. probably the reason that he spent so much time on it in the first place. Yeah. yeah Those are love, great comments. I would love to hear the deep more of the details, the deep details yeah. of like what he what kind of thoughts he has. Like, for example, and I've thought about this some myself, because uh, I wanted to make a website kind of like maybe maybe kind of like what Elon wanted to do. Then he said it was too hard and silly. And uh, the network effect would be too hard to figure out. But, um, yeah. but like, what if each person had like a got like a an allotment of a thousand points, and then whenever you like something, it gave a point to that person. And then based on your distribution of points, and you could say like this person gets ten points as well. But based on the distribution of points, that kind of like goes on their goes on like a record. You could see like when you meet someone, they they show your their Twitter. You could see like this person's received this many points in the last month. You know, or or over the you know, their whole last year, they've earned this many points from people and they really help these people out. Um, and then any unused points will just be distributed amongst. Uh, anyway, something like well, that. It's just so almost like a social economy. 
yeah, like a social economy, like where people know, yeah. wow, you're really useful in this, in this, you know, to these people. Yeah. And that's nice to know. Did you ever watch uh, Black Mirror? Real quick, Black <laughs> yeah. Mirror. Have you yeah. ever seen Black Mirror? You remember that social media uh, yeah. yeah. Episode. That, that was a yeah. bad yeah. example of what not to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah. Don't do Please that. don't build that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Ishan, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I sort of agree with Mike on this. Like, uh, yeah. there have been attempts to do something a little bit uh, similar, building a social economy, including one by me in the past. Not the right time to talk about it, though, but. Uh, perhaps in the longer stream about x.com, you know, we can go yeah, into a little bit. It'd be fun to yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that there. Yeah, That's I mean, this is like though. half of crypto. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. a lot of is all trying to do this. this. Yeah, yep, yep, totally. Yeah. yeah. If there's one thing I really took away from this meeting, like the most confident that I am about anything, is that Elon's freaking buying Twitter. He's going to figure out how to get <laughs> it because of those comments, which is a hilarious thing. We figured out, you know, like that's that was my takeaway. Yeah, my in the in the Tesla, Hot take, in the Tesla, buy, sure, yeah, buy Twitter right now. Yeah, like like when there you was think comments about, in in here that said that he should do that. Go ahead, Mike. If he thinks it'll accelerate by at least three years, and he he probably has a calculation of wow, if if I can implement my ideas, I think it would help the economy this much. Like, and if we put yeah. that in dollars, it's this much, and so it's worth mm -hmm. way more than what I'm buying it. You know, and he's just, I don't know. <laughs> That's tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Of value here's created. The thing. Here's the thing. Uh, if he did think that the value would be, let's say, 10x of what he's buying it for, right? Uh, he wouldn't be putting all of these roadblocks. And honestly, it's it's all about Elon just showing up the money to buy Twitter at this point in time. Twitter is ready to sell. Right, yeah. at a particular number, and the only reason Elon might be resisting is that he might a feel that no Twitter uh, is not you know in line with what he needs or wants. Clearly, he said that it pretty much is. The only other thing is that it's not. Uh, he's not you know he's overpaying. Mm -hmm. You're the like one counterpoint, I would. Why would he? Uh oh, oh, yep. Uh, I would say the one counterpoint that I would ask or that I've been thinking about is, you know, I, I don't think that Elon wants to sell much more Twitter stock to finance this deal that he Tesla stock. Yeah. He just or yeah, he doesn't want to sell more Tesla stock. And so he does need the additional financing. And I think that a lot of his roadblocks are really originating with the financing providers that whoever it is that he's cooperating with doesn't want to provide a, a giant loan without some assurances that, yeah. yeah, the bot issue isn't what it is. Um, that's kind of been my read on the situation. Uh, definitely. I, you know, I don't place like a hundred percent certainty on that. I would say maybe, maybe 40% confidence in that read. Yep. It's, it's funny how like, we didn't get a ton of Tesla information, but we got the Twitter nugget. <laughs> We're really liking it. Yeah, we definitely got some 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 Tesla, but I agree. Like the the biggest nugget was like this whole Twitter thing. Like it's it's back on. It's back on fully. Like this, yeah. you know, this is a negotiating tactic. This whole lawsuit thing is it's all negotiation. 
Welcome to uh, and like remind this reminds me a lot of Succession. I don't know if anybody has watched Succession, like the show on HBO. It's so freaking good. And if you haven't, I would highly recommend you go watch it. I am not sponsored by Succession, by the way, or HBO. Uh, <laughs> would uh, would should boring be comedy facts. be used? <laughs> Maybe should be HBO. Hit me up. I'll talk about Succession all day. I need we'll to buy more Tesla stream. stock. We'll have you on the stream. Yeah, we'll have you on the stream. Uh, would uh, would boring company be used for Robo Taxi? So boring. And this was a. Uh, I don't think he answered the question, but he talked about uh, Boring Company. Boring Company is making good progress. Elon is pro-train, which I think was a sort of a dig at different things going on. Goes through the whole tunnel proposition of solving all traffic with 3D tunnels, can turn streets into parking, into parks. Boring Company is capable of much more transformation than it may seem. So like sort of like a hype of what Boring Company can really do, but really um, didn't really answer the question of uh, I don't understand why every time Elon has been asked this question, he's deflected. The yeah. point is why. <laughs> From my understanding of AI, it's actually very straightforward to train for the boring company tunnels. Very straightforward compared to I what he's because, doing in the real yeah, world. I think it's because building tunnels and getting all the municipalities to agree with them is going to take way longer than uh than have like by the time we have a, a tunnel system where robo taxis can really become something that's usable and valuable in that environment we're 20 30 40 50 years away from that you know like we're going to be on on 2D for a really long time until the tunnels actually get implemented. I just think it's way more farther out and that's why he keeps reflecting. It's not the technology, it's the fact that they need the permission to even build the tunnels in the first place. It might also be like that's why I think. trying to get permission to use autopilot in the yeah. tunnels. Real quick, uh, Diggs, thank you very much, brother. $5 super chat, been super busy and I haven't been part of the group as much as I would like to be, but just wanted to say thanks for the notes as always. Diggs, we miss you, buddy. Come back when you find some time. You Love know what we should do? Thank you. We should take all your notes and put it onto one one central location. You could just find all the notes in, in a list and find the links to them. Great. That would be great. Uh, yeah. If anybody like wants to do that, tree. you're more than welcome to. Yeah. yeah. That. That'd be awesome. Thanks, dude. That's that's, uh, that's actually really appreciated. Um, yeah. What am I? Okay. Do you see Tesla's communicating with each other and Dojo turning into supply chain management software? Here, Elon said, hmm, I've never thought about that, which I actually found to be interesting. Um, Dojo is approaching to be the third most powerful computer center in the world uh, used for AI. I, I think that's the one caveat. There will be merit for Teslas to communicate to each other, but won't be needed for FSD at all. Value of Tesla to Tesla communication is not that high outside of accidents, potholes, road closures, etc., i.e. real-time data. Um, so that was his answer for that. And then, uh, the last question or really, yeah, question, I guess, how can the masses help push the vision of Tesla? Elon said, encouraging sustainable energy. Then he kind of said like, we're already kind of doing a really good job of doing that. Elon conveys a message of optimism. If we work well, the earth will be in good shape. If we work hard towards a sustainable future, we will achieve it. And the future is bright. And then he dropped the mic. He did a backflip. He did a little jig and bounced. How much of that was real? None of it. He just walked off the stage. Uh, but yeah, those are the notes. sad we didn't uh, get very much dancing. I know. I know. That was yeah. kind of sad too. So again, if anybody wants to access the notes, here's the link. Uh, Y'all are more than welcome to use it for whatever you'd like. There's, I do all this work for free. Uh -oh. And if people want to uh, donate, you're more than welcome to. But um, 
please don't feel like you you have to be forced to this i have fun doing this uh but, any but last patreon, uh but if you do join the patreon we have yeah. a really good discord and it's just amazing to yeah. be there Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you for, for doing that. Yeah, if you do decide to uh, donate through Patreon or YouTube Live, you'll have access to our private Discord. You'll be able to comment to, on these discussions. So Mike, Hans, and Ishan all joined the channel. And we have a lot of like super in-depth conversations about a lot of different topics, not just Tesla, but like really the future. And it's been a amazing little community we're building. And I'm obviously super thankful of, of Mike, Hans, and Ishan of being supporters. So thank you guys very much. Much love. Um, any last comments? Oh, we yeah. have that. Oh, that's we right. We got to do. Thing. We got to do the yeah. thing. What are we talking about? Go for it, Mike. Okay, here we go. Let's. Uh, All right. Share my screen here. So, um, so first we got to go is over the prediction the tracker, right? Yeah, this is prediction a tracker. tracker. So we got to see. Yeah. We got to make sure I did it all right. Stock split approved. We don't know for like four days, so I assume yes. I guess for that one. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, it's a yes. Um, stock buyback announced. I'd say no. I didn't announce it, but you did talk about it. So I don't know. What do you think? I yeah. would say it might be a yes. Yeah, maybe. I'm gonna say no because okay. it's not official yet. Not official. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then 50% annual growth rate for next few years. He, they talked about 20 million cars. They talked about the 2 million run rate in the year. They talked about 100 million, but they didn't say 50% ever. So. I'd say no. So, so then 20 million yeah. by 2030 is essentially 50%. Is it? Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, plus or minus just a bit. But. Cool. Um, and then hyping up second half of 2022, they did say that they would increase their run rate. So does that count? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they spent quite a bit of time about free cash flow and FSD yeah. bringing a lot mm -hmm. of profitability. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it would be pretty hard to hit a two million run rate at the end of the year without having a ridiculous second half. Right. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Um, talk of FSD being profitable soon. They did say order of magnitude safer. They did say, you know, out of beta end of year, but they didn't talk about profitability. But they did talk about like Uber. Well, he he did specifically mention at one point is like if oh, you think about the profit contribution of FSD, like the potential scenarios get kind of nutty. He he oh, made a comment yeah. to that effect. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. I missed that. Um, the 4680 scaling. Yeah, right. A little bit. Yep. yep. Um, talk of energy products and potential. A little bit. They talked about like how many they've done, how it's grown over the last four years. I um, thought Robin did a lot of that talking. Yeah. In the, the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Which actually I was very happy to hear. Um, details about New product, HVAC, I don't think so. Product mm -hmm. unveiling, no. Nope. Talk of improvements made to solar, so storage products. Eh, Not think really. So. I didn't really yeah. hear anything specific. Talk of the Tesla bot, they did mention it. Yeah. Um, new details, no. Mm -mm. Details about, uh, about Cybertruck. Yeah. Specs and pricing yeah. will be different, he said. So yeah. That yeah, that's a pretty big detail. Yeah, he didn't actually say till now, so. Um, and then about 25k battery day car no, van no, no. Uh, master plan part three unveiled no, no. a new Bummer. conversation plan no, Android Compatriot's mm -hmm. replacement no, mm -hmm. supercharger mega charger partnerships announced. My predictions were such dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you did say like I literally went I literally went zero for like eight or whatever I had or five. Yeah, it'd be fun to see your score. Um, zero. <laughs> supercharger slash mega charger partners mega charger for semis no talk about unbuilt fact gigafactories yeah they talk about like yeah might announcing one that might announce one for water saving water and stuff yeah um 
new Giga Factory locations announced? No. no. But they did say it soon. Um, st- talk of expansion of existing factories. Yeah. yeah. They said continue to rent factories. Well, be they did drop the whole, there. we're going to have 10 to 12 Giga Factories and yeah. we're getting to 1.5 to 2. Yeah. So I would say, yes. yeah. Uh, we'll say, yeah. Uh, first Tesla semi delivery. Oh. No. Talk of vision of a seatbelt. They did mention that. Yep. And then new something day, insurance day, whatever. No. So, no. all right. So here's the leaderboard then. Um, uh, Black Caps World Test Champs went one by a, a margin of two, actually. Um, 25 out of 26 points. Almost perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Black Caps, are you on? Where are you at? Drop a comment if you're on. We'll shout you out and give you nothing, which was the promised prize. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. So cool. Um, Where did I end up? I'm probably Mike, like towards the bottom. You're, Where are you? What's your name on here? You're Mike, you're hacking this, bro. Row six, get out of here. <laughs> He's the sheet creator. I'm tied I'm with all kidding. the I'm tied with all these people though. <laughs> um Where did I where am I? I'm probably I towards know. the bottom. Is your name on here? Like far I think I put farts hard. Farts hard. Farts hard. Oh, that's you. I saw that. Yeah. Farts hard. There you go. <laughs> Not very good. Yeah, I suck. You're in the bottom, <laughs> the bottom half. Oh, um, anyway, okay. th- there's, there's, um, this is ordered by that. So I'll just scroll through if you want to look. But then also, can- there's alphabetical. So I'll go through the alphabetical actually. But yeah, go ahead. Well, can we do, um, can we do? So let's make sure we have this uh, shared. So I'll share a copy for this okay. on, on this the is chat the real quick. Forum sign up. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. Share the link, I guess. Oh, oh, oh. Um, or we could copy this over to another just, one. Yeah, export it. That's what yeah. I would do. Okay. Yeah. And then could we look at that uh, graph, like the graph that you had that showed like the percentage of people that voted for a specific thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then so here that is. Yeah. yeah. And then how so, many of these can, can uh, we sort it by true? The ones that I came wish, true and the ones that didn't? I wish didn't? we could. There's not an easy way to do that. Okay. That's all right. Um, so which one is one that a lot of people thought was going to happen that didn't happen? I could do it, but it would take it would take a couple minutes. Do you want to talk about something else while I do that? Well, no, let's let's go down the list. Okay. We can probably okay. do this by. So, yeah. so stock clear approved, it happened. Correct. Yeah. Buyback announced didn't happen, but there were very few people. 50% annual growth rate happened. Yep. Hyping up second half happened. 46 scaling happened. Energy happened. Master plan part three unveiled. Okay, so that's a big one, right? Almost 50% wrong. of the people thought was going to be announced. It didn't get announced, uh, including myself. And then talk about the f- expansions of existing. That actually did happen. Okay. Okay, cool. And so outside of Master Plan Part 3, Elon dances. <laughs> Sorry. Three people. Uh, which actually That's was below a 50%. Like the, the Master Plan Part 3, it is like the lowest of the like high high confidence predictions. Yeah. I didn't count the other. Yeah. You're getting thing. good at this. I didn't count the other things towards a score, just so you know. But yeah. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, so I think uh, the, the comment here is that we, we're we getting good at predicting what's going to happen. Yeah. And the one thing, not me though, everybody else's, and uh, the <laughs> master plan three being what? We, we had 145 responses. I love this. If we get this many every time, it would be Thank so you, cool. everybody. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Yeah, thank you, everybody. How about awesome. we start an online casino? <laughs> Powered by I don't people. want any of that liability, bro. Do not <laughs> unsubscribe for me. Unsubscribe. Um, yeah, disavow. All right. We are three hours and 40 minutes into the live stream. I honestly want to say 
thank you, Mike. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Ishan. Mike, especially you, man. You put a lot of work into that sheet to collect yeah, all awesome. the entries, dude. Uh, thank you so much for doing that work, bro. Like, honestly, round of applause for Mike. Thank you, Mike. How you also, like props to Ishan for carrying the conversation today, too. Yeah, Ishan, you did a great job. Dude. Yeah. Your insights are always so, mm -hmm. like, you think about stuff uh, in a very unique way, and I really appreciate that. Um, and then obviously Hans, you weren't around mm. for a little bit, but your insights always appreciate it, man. You always have like all three of you are awesome. Everybody, everybody mm. who's part of the community, everybody in the comments, dropping comments and insights. This is what I love about these mm -hmm. live streams is that we can yeah. really bring the community aspect, you know, out. Yeah. This is a great YouTube channel. Which has been such a beautiful thing. Thank you, man. But, um, uh, and we broke a record today, definitely as well. We had 3,500 at peak viewers. So thank you all very much for, uh, joining the uh, live stream. You could have very easily went to just Tesla's live stream and you decided to come to this one. And that means a lot. So thank you so much for doing that. That means so much. And yeah, uh, I appreciate everyone st stopping in. Mike, Hans, Ishan, thank you so much for joining uh, me on this live stream. And then uh, the notes are available, like I said, again, on the comment section that should be pinned. And uh, Mike will make sure to send out we'll your- share. Uh, Yeah. We'll share we'll, that, yeah, as well. comment or something. Yeah. yeah, I'll do I'll do a pinned comment and I also shoot it on my Twitter. If you do want to follow me or on Twitter, I am at Farziness. Mike, what's your uh do you want people to follow you on Twitter uh, or are you Mike good Sterner. with what you have? Yeah, Mike Sterner. Mike Sterner, his name. Hans, do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Sure. Web three L O N. Web three L O N. Ishan, do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Um Ishan Chatterjee. I'll probably put it in the comment. Okay. Ishan will drop it in the comments. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys again. Thank you everybody who's watched. We'll see you around. Uh, and then I'm going to do another one of these for AI day part two as well. So if you enjoyed this format, come on back for AI day part two. Elon's hyping the hell out of that one. So I might have to come prepared to have my mind blown during that meeting. It's going to get crazy. I feel like, so thank you all very much. We'll see you in the next one. Bye everybody.